Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Saturday, October 21st. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, a massive card, 15 games in the NHL on this Saturday. Uh, just a huge slate and looking forward to breaking it down uh, as usual. Uh, we will just quickly for one minute or so uh, talk last night. New Jersey uh, tried to fumble that game away and give it away a million times last night, but eventually they end up getting the 4-3 uh, overtime win, or 5-4, I should say, overtime win against the Islanders. What a night for Jack Hughes. Four-point night, including the overtime winner. And uh, New Jersey, the effort was great. In fact, they outplayed the Islanders. It would have been really a shame for them not to win that game. They did, uh, and a nice 5-4 victory for them over the uh, Islanders uh, in that one. And credit to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Very, very good performance in a victory over the Calgary Flames. Uh, a really nice night in net for Spencer Martin as well. Uh, so credit to Columbus for that. Uh, again, we strike with a big-time plus-price player prop. Uh, that's a tongue twister. Uh, but, yeah, a blue cues for New Jersey, uh, plus 825 to score a goal, plus 405 power play point, which we mentioned on the show yesterday. Uh, and this is my new sweet spot with player props, and I'm going to mention a bunch of these today. Defensemen playing on the power play, uh, especially the first power play unit. That's now twice in the last three days we've hit with some of these uh, defensemen. It was Jake Sanderson with Ottawa on Wednesday night. It was Luke Hughes last night with New Jersey. Uh, and there's going to be some I mentioned on this massive Saturday card that I think are going to provide terrific opportunities uh, as far as defensemen shoot the puck a lot, have gotten some points early in the season, so they have some offensive confidence, and they're going to be playing on that number one power play unit. So, uh, a lot of good props in that regard to look forward to today as well. Uh, Alex, uh, quick thoughts on last night, and then we'll get into this massive Saturday slate. Yeah, I, I kind of wish I had my notes mixed up yesterday because the high-scoring affair uh, was that Islanders and, and Devils game. And we said that, you know, the Devils could bring that offense out of the Islanders, it's just whether they could, you know, uh, respond with the counterpunch. They certainly did, even though they didn't get the win. But 5-4 is certainly not uh, a final you would expect too often in the Islanders games. Like you said, they'd rather be playing those one nothing 2-1 battles and get into a 5-4 overtime kind of a track meet. So I'm sure they'll try to look to get back into their ways. And uh, that Calgary-Columbus game, I know some people say, oh, uh, Calgary played terrible. No, Spencer Martin played his ass off last night. I thought he was phenomenal. 36 saves. Uh, he said first win in his last 12 starts. And Maybe he's a guy now who has a new lease on life. We talked about all the guys getting out of Columbus. <laughs> Here's a guy who's, who showed up Columbus, and maybe he's starting to look pretty good. So that could be a, a little diamond in the rough for them. If he can be a formidable uh, backup to Merzlikens, and his Merzlikens, if he's playing uh, better than, than we've seen him in the last two, three seasons, that might be a formidable tandem, uh, one to not really sneeze at uh, with that Blue Jackets uh, Colton. No, I think what people forget when he first went to Vancouver and got those opportunities, he played well. It was after yeah. that that he, you know, he started to struggle. I guess the league got a little bit more of a book on, you know, what to expect right. from him, you know, as far as his tendencies, his style and net. So uh, that ended up playing into some of his struggles. But no, no struggles last night uh, for Spencer Martin. He was uh, phenomenal in between the uh, pipes. No question uh, about that. We got a huge slate, 15 games. 
Uh, we're looking forward to it. Let's get right into it. We're going to start with a game that's going to have the puck dropped at about 1 p.m. Eastern. Detroit Red Wings, Ottawa Senators, Ottawa minus 155 home favorites, six and a half the total here in this game. I mean, if you've been watching this show all season long, you know damn well what I'm doing here. Ottawa team total over three and a half, uh, Detroit and Ottawa over six and a half. I mean, it's just the gift that keeps on giving for the Ottawa Senators, especially when they play at home. They go over their team total, and, and so does the game. It's been a repeated occurrence this year. Every home game here during this homestand for the Ottawa Senators, the Philadelphia game, the Tampa Bay game, the Washington game, the other night, Ottawa scores at least five goals in all three games. They win all three games, uh, and the game goes over the total. So very, very uh, straightforward betting decisions here for me. If it ain't broke, uh, don't fix it. This uh, team on offense is rolling right now, Ottawa. Uh, they've got so many different players that are playing well. Kachuk's had a great start. Vladdy Tarasenko, who I think goal and assist props are worth a look today. He's been on fire the last couple games for Ottawa. Um, it goes without saying, uh, you know, Batherson's capable. We know what they, they're getting up front. Giroux even chipped in the other night. Uh, it is a great perform. Matthew Joseph, who almost uh, cashed a big bargain bin for us the other night. I wouldn't shy away from taking a shot with him again today uh, in this game. Uh, Josh Norris, what a return. Two goals in his return the other night. He's back and healthy again, which is huge. So there's definitely a lot of ways you can go about it. I see someone in the chat posting a Senators and over five and a half combo at plus 120. That's not bad at all. So I do think Ottawa will win this game. I'm not as sure about the Ottawa win just because I think Detroit is a scary opponent for them here. There's some things that, that work well in Detroit's favor. Their offense has been pretty good. They shut out Columbus, put up a four spot. On the aforementioned Spencer Martin, who played very well last night against uh, Calgary. And then, of course, they uh, have a big offensive night against Pittsburgh uh, on uh, Wednesday night, that uh, national TV game. And you've got the Alex DeBrinkett storyline. Playing his old team, the Ottawa Senators, things did not end well between him and the Ottawa Senators. There was some, you know, turbulence there, some hard, uh, hard feelings, some... You know, just things didn't pan out there uh, last year. It didn't, not a great fit and it didn't end well. There was some, you know, rumblings of some turbulence and some bad feelings, like I said, between the upper management, the front office and DeBrinkett. So this is probably a game where DeBrinkett's not only in good form to begin the year, but he's going to want to play well. So to me, you got to look at a DeBrinkett goal and an assist prop, or you can do the point prop, but the goal and the assist prop, you're probably going to be better doing that because that point prop's juiced. So, uh, to bring it, you know, to get a goal, to get an assist, I think that's definitely worth a look. And I'm coming back to the well with our, uh, our guy here uh, on the blue line for Ottawa, Jake Sanderson. You know, he's again on the power play unit. Now, I know his goal didn't come on the power play when we cashed that plus 700 with him to score on Wednesday night against Washington. That was an even strength goal. But still, when you're playing as a defenseman on the number one power play unit, it means you're getting more ice time. When you get more ice time, it means you're in better rhythm. And when you're in better rhythm, you're a more dangerous player, especially offensively. And when you're a more dangerous player offensively, you've got a better chance of scoring. So it's like a reverberating effect uh, for someone like Jake Sanderson, who's got the ice time, who's been elevated in the lineup, who's deserved it because he's been outstanding so far this year. He's plus 750 at Caesars to score a goal. The assist prop is a great look, plus 175 uh, as well. So it's a really nice prop game. Uh, here. Uh, and like I said, Tarasenko goal and assist. He's rolling. There's a, I think it's going to be a high volume, high event game, not just in terms of goals, but shots on goal. 
Kachuk's been a shots on goal machine. Dabrinkit's going to be shooting the puck left and right. He's going to want to do damage against his former team. Um, you know, that those are two um, shots on goal props that definitely stand out to me. You could go with Larkin as well. His his volume of shots has been up so far, but especially um, Dabrinkit and Kachuk. These two guys have really been shooting the puck here early in the season. So it's a really nice prop game here as well with the wings and sends to get the day started. Uh, Alex, what do you think here, Detroit, Ottawa? Yeah, this is one that, you know, with, with it being on, it'll be on while we're still on the air. I'm probably going to be betting this live. I'm looking toward that first period total and maybe even the full game if we can get it down to a five and a half range. But the, I can see the offense kind of going back and forth here. Detroit's not a pushover of a team. And like you said, they can, they have enough offensively. They're like an upgraded uh, offense of the Islanders, right? They don't have that kind of goaltending, but they have that kind of offense where, yeah, they like to play physical and kind of, you know, slow things down and just possess the puck. But if you draw them into the fight, get that offense rolling, they can trade with you. I think they can actually trade with you better than, than a team like the Islanders. So Ottawa Detroit over, but we want to get live looks at uh, better numbers and prices. All right, looking at live looks here is Alex for uh, Detroit and uh, Ottawa. All right, Anaheim, Arizona. This is also a day game. It's the only other day game uh, taking place uh, afternoon, a, a matchup. And the home opener for the Arizona Coyotes as they return to the Mullet Arena for the first time this season. M minus 190. How about that? Uh, and I like this Arizona team this year, but um, minus 190. Uh, this is not the day to keep that Arizona love going, in my opinion. Uh, total six and a half here in this game. Uh, look, Arizona's better this year. There's no question. You see it uh, even in the losses. You know, the, 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 you see the compete level. You see they're competitive. They're right in pretty much every game that they have played this year. They have a big bounce back win against St. Louis, six to two, to finish that road trip. What I like about Arizona is the blue lines improved. The goaltending from Karel Vanelka and Connor Ingram is good enough. You know, so far this year they've played solid. And then up front, you know, I just think they're a lot more dangerous. You know, you've got the mix of youth with Keller and Hayton and Logan Cooley, the first round pick. Matias Michelli in his second year. You've got that nice blend of those young core forwards that you're going to build around for the next decade. And you've sprinkled in some veteran presences. Like I said, Kerfoot, uh, Zucker, uh, Dumba on the back end. I like what Bill Armstrong, the GM, has done here with Arizona. And there's no doubt they're a better hockey team. Sean Dursey's been at, we'll get to Sean Dursey, trust me. Uh, Sean Dursey is worth talking about here because his props are off the charts, value-filled uh, for this game right here. Uh, but when you look at Anaheim, Arizona, um, Arizona off the road trip, they did have a great home record last year. They did. They actually turned Mullet Arena you know, into a big time home ice advantage last year, even though it's that little rinky dink barn, uh, not uh, many people there uh, as far as attendance goes, but uh, they turned it into an advantage uh, with the crowd right on them. It was, you know, you could at least hear the people that were there were loud. So, you know, you, you look at that environment, it gave them a boost. Now this is a brand new season. You know, let's see if the road teams have adjusted to playing in this place as well. Is that home ice advantage going to be as strong? I don't, and even with Arizona, improved and even with that strong home record they had last year i'm not sure i'm ready to take arizona at minus 190. in fact i know i'm not um i'm going to sprinkle a little on anaheim here quack 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 i am going to look here a little bit at the uh, anaheim ducks here uh in uh, this uh, game um it's just to me i like what i look i don't want to make too much of a big deal about it because we don't talk about it much 
But strength of schedule should be talked about a little bit. And when you look at what the Anaheim Ducks have played in their first few games, Vegas, the defending Stanley Cup champions on the road, Carolina in a back-to-back the very next night. And then, of course, they played Dallas uh, after that. That's about as tough of three teams as you could face to start a season. I mean, those are all really, really good teams. These have been playoff teams the last few years, all three of them. So Anaheim has cut their teeth on very good competition here to begin this season in their first three games. And they came out of it one and two. You know, 4-1 loss to Vegas was you know, a tough way to start. But they beat Carolina. I thought they were toe-to-toe with Dallas. In fact, they outshot Dallas 29-24, uh, despite the 3-2 loss the other night. So, you know, when I look at this matchup here, uh, Arizona is going to have to prove to me that they deserve this price tag, minus 190. They have to prove to me they can be as good as at home as they were last year. I think the value is on the Anaheim side here, plus 160, especially when you look at that strength of schedule and the three really tough teams they played uh, this season to begin Anaheim. And then as far as props go, uh, this is actually a fun game. Last year, two years ago, I want no part of watching Anaheim, Arizona. I'll be truthful. But right now, these are two teams with good young talent. There's no question about it. Uh, Cooley, a goal and assist prop. I think Cooley's going to – he's so close to getting that first goal. It could be here, the first home game. But his assist props have been cashing. You could go in that direction. Uh, Clayton Keller's been offensively dynamic to begin the year. To Asking him to score a goal is not asking a lot right now. Uh, he's been really solid on the Anaheim side. Look, Leo Carlson getting his first NHL goal in his first NHL game. Uh, he looked, didn't look out of place uh, him to get a goal and an assist. Good consideration in my opinion there. Uh, if you want to go in that direction and the ones that really stand out, there's two defensemen playing on the number one power play units for their respective teams. And I think both of them have prop value for Anaheim. It's this 19 year old kid and he's playing the, he's manning the power play, the first power play and he's 19. Pavel Minchikov, man, he has looked very solid. He has gotten two points, a goal and an assist uh, in the last two games. Uh, He's getting that trust from Greg Cronin. He's playing 18 minutes a night, number one power play unit. Uh, You know, if you want to sprinkle on uh, Minchikov to maybe make some noise here. Now, unfortunately, I don't see power play points props. That's a bad job by the books. I mean, you got to know, you know, that he's up on the power play unit. Give us some fucking power play props here. I mean, that's they're they're asleep at the wheel here. Yeah, in Chicago, they also probably don't want to get burned by people like me. So, well, and I was gonna say, and then and then if they offer that and they're paying that much attention, you're not getting enough you that much value on the goals or the assists that if they're listed as well too. So I, I've been seeing that lately these last couple of days of the player props, and uh, there's like oh looking for this guy because he's moved up, but yeah, it's kind of a good thing, bad thing that they're not paying full attention because you're getting probably two, you know, you might be getting plus. 500 on somebody and where go down to 350 if they realize he's on a power play. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. And uh, so that Pavel Minchikov though, he is plus 13. His goal prop is up there. He does, did does have a goal in the three games so far, 13 to one, about a plus 1300 and him to score a goal. How's that for a, a big plus price if it hits, but you know, just put a couple bucks on it. That's all I'll be doing. It's not like it's great chance of happening, but look, the guy's shooting the puck and he's on the power play. Uh, the top unit for Anaheim. And then you flip it around to Sean Dersey, who is the number one power play unit quarterback from the blue line on Arizona's power play. And here's a guy that's shooting the puck a lot. Here's a guy that's producing early in the season. You could go with his point prop at plus 110. You could go with Dersey to score plus 650, like I did in the last game, and he did score for Arizona against St. Louis. The assist prop at plus 160. 
for uh, Dersey and the power play point prop at plus 330. So outstanding value for Sean Dersey here. Shooting the puck a lot, playing a lot. He's playing over 20 minutes, if I'm not mistaken, as well for this Arizona Coyotes team. You look at the ice time, uh, 29 minutes, 23 minutes, 22 minutes. Uh, he shot the puck. He's actually had how many shots so far? 12 in the first four games. Three points in the first four games. Goal and an assist for him in that 6-2 win against St. Louis. So here's another value prop involving a defenseman quarterbacking the number one power play unit. So those are some props I like. A little small shot here on Anaheim, uh, plus 160 as well. Maybe this over. I get the feeling I might split up the over with the first period over as well. Uh, in this game, simply because you'd expect Arizona to be really fired up out of the shoot, you know, for the first period of the first home game of the year, good pace probably early in the game, uh, and we might see ourselves get to that first period uh, over. Uh, again, you might want to do uh, look at this as a spot where you want to wait a little bit because it's minus 150 uh, on that right now, uh, but definitely uh, have my eye on that, and it feels like you might be uh, will you might be better off taking the Alex approach here? Wait a couple minutes, see if you can get a better number with not only the first period over, but maybe that first um, uh, that full game over as well. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Anaheim, Arizona. Yeah, if you're a family plan member, you probably just got a notification right now saying exactly what I'm going to do with this game. Ducks, Coyotes, first period over. Going to wait about two or three minutes. Try to get that first period uh, down to at least. It, we should be able to get even money, I feel like. But a dollar ten pick them range is essentially whenever I post anything that's a dollar ten to to plus money. Just you want to shoot for pick them range. So you don't have to nitpick over one ten to one hundred five necessarily, you know, 120, 130, you, those are where we, you want to make your own judgments. And, and we try to be a little bit more uh, steadfast on that rule. But anything in the pick em range, I count that as 115 to plus 105. Anything in that range, fire on that. But, uh, yeah, it's an interesting game. And to see the Coyotes at minus 190, I'm like, what is, uh, is uh, you know, Teppel Newman and, and uh, you know, Jeremy Roenick on the power play. And you got uh, Hobby Bullen started in that. I can't remember the last time the Coyotes were minus 190. It's got to be, what, like eight or nine years ago? <laughs> yeah, like well, honestly, like it's been a long time. Yeah, so you well, know, I get the was more like twenty years ago, honestly. Oh yeah, he was. But I'm just saying, yeah. just the team, just just one ninety yeah. next to it, to the Coyotes. We're talking like yeah. back when they went to the playoffs. Dave Tippett, the Mike Smith, though, that team <laughs> yeah. went to the conference finals. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, so it's been a very long time. This is so this is this is foreign territory for for Arizona, and like I get it, they're back home, a daytime star, which I think is actually great. You know, I, I criticize teams like Ottawa having a, a daytime uh, home opener last weekend, but I get you know it was for TV purposes. Here's you know a perfect spot, right? Arizona State, you're on the campus. Use what you have to your to your advantage. I think that's going to be a rocking building. I think there's going to be pace back and forth. So I would look at that full game over as well. So might be trying to grab that at a little bit of a better price while we grab that first period over. But I can see goals back and forth here. By the way, that first period over, nine and two the last 11 meetings. Uh, so, yeah, if I had to play a side, no way I'm laying 190. And, what, you got to lay a price now with them in regulation too. So if I had to play a side, it would be Anaheim. But I like the totals here a lot more. Yeah, I mean, it pains me to go against Arizona, but sometimes you have to bet numbers, not teams. And, you know, minus 190 when I've got a, an Anaheim team that's done nothing wrong so far this year, that's played three very tough opponents out of the out of the gate, Vegas, Carolina, and uh, Dallas, and played them all very tough. The Vegas game kind of got away from them, but even then it was 4-1. to one. It's not like they were completely crushed. And then they beat Carolina on the back-to-back, -back, returning home. And then, of course, I thought they were – I thought you'll watch that game with the eye test, Dallas Anaheim, the other night. You'd be hard pressed to say who the better team was. 
you know, that really is how well Anaheim played uh, against Dallas the other night. So, uh, like I say, I just think the price now a little bit uh, inflated on Arizona. Now's the a, a nice price, a nice spot to maybe take a shot going against them. All right, the rest of the games are tonight. Toronto and Tampa Bay this is another one. of We've had a lot of these already this year, these playoff rematch uh, games. Uh, and here's another one. Uh, the Leafs minus 135 road favorites, seven being the uh, total here uh, in this game. Man, these Tampa Bay games continue to just uh, end up getting. Here's the tricky part, though, with these Tampa games. Now the total's up to seven. You're going to need eight goals. But most of these Tampa Bay games are going getting to at least seven. Uh, Tampa Bay-Nashville, 5-3. Detroit-Tampa Bay was 6-4. Ottawa-Tampa was 5-2. Tampa Bay, 4-3 over Vancouver the other night. The only game that stayed under for Tampa Bay was the uh, game that they played against, I think it was Buffalo. 3-2 Buffalo in overtime, and even that game, there were a bunch of chances could have went over the total. So, again, Tampa Bay is one of those teams right now, and I think John Cooper realizes it, team realizes it. If we're going to win games, we got to score goals. we got to help out Jonas Johansson and this defense, which to me, the blue line in the bottom six is not as sturdy in terms of defending and defensive ability as they've been uh, in the uh, past. Uh, it's Tampa Bay, obviously looking to avenge the uh, first round exit at the hands of Toronto last year, but those angle, that angle has not been working as well, uh, as you would think, as far as betting on the team that's, uh, in playoff revenge here, uh, on the flip side, you've got the Leafs who all of a sudden the last two losses for the Leafs against, um, Chicago and Florida, who, who would have thought we'd say the offense would be the problem for Toronto, but that's the case. One goal, uh, against both the Blackhawks and the Panthers. Had chances, but the puck just wasn't going in for them. You know, if you look at the expected goals numbers for Toronto the last two games, they were still there in both games uh, against Chicago and Florida. Puck just didn't go in. Now you're facing a Lightning team that, look, for the most part, they've been they've been surrendering goals. You know, and they have been doing it quite a bit. I mean, they've given up three goals to their opponent in at least uh, in every game this year. Now it's going to take four for Toronto here for the team total, but I do like the team total here for the Leafs. You know, that's my strongest stance here is the uh, Toronto team total over three and a half minus 120. Johansson is confirmed in net for the uh, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning here tonight in this game. Samsonov, Ilya Samsonov confirmed for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs uh, here in this game. Uh, it was a very quiet night from the top players of the Leafs against Florida, specifically Nylander and Matthews. So you'd expect those two guys, as far as player props go, might be worth a, a look here tonight uh, in this game. I'm sticking to the uh, script here as well with uh, assuming he's still on the second line. Let me just double check. Yes, he is with Tavares and Nylander. Matthew Nyes hit the post the other night. That close I was to the bargain bin special uh, that night with the uh, Leafs and Panthers on Thursday night. So I'm coming back to the well with Matthew Nyes here as far as uh, getting the uh, getting a goal and finding the back of the net here for the Leafs. I would wait for a six and a half at a better num number, better price. Uh, that's the way I'm going to, I'm going to start approaching it with these sevens where I lean over the totals, just wait for the six and a half to pop up uh, and uh, at a better number and a better price and go from there. So just pregame for me, Toronto team total over three and a half. Plus, as I mentioned, some of those props, uh, Alex Leafs and light. Yeah, I'm keeping it simple with this game. I went Toronto regulation plus one Oh five. I think that yesterday, uh, like I said, they just need to get things rolling. And I think, Playing against Tampa Bay, I don't see where this is going to be a lot of the the revenge factor here. You know, like I said, that that playoff uh, series was more of Toronto getting that monkey off their back. I could see where they might even be more energized to go. Hey, remember this is where the launching pad kind of you know took off. This is where we have to kind of pick up from. 
We won that first round series, but in due time, we'll have to get further. We got to, you know, kind of recant and recall what we did in, the, in that moment, right? That was their biggest moment of the season was winning that playoff series against this team. So if they can capture some of that magic tonight, get back on track. I think this is a good get back spot for Toronto uh, and, and Tampa Bay. Like I said, just, you just can't trust them. They're, they're so flighty. Even in the wins that they have, nothing's clean, nothing's crisp. And, uh, you know, obviously that's something you can say about Toronto as well. They don't really do things as clean and narrow as they always would like to. But I think here could be the game where they get things back on track. So plus 105 in regulation. It's a small, smaller play than the rest of my uh, uh, looks today. But I am on Toronto. All right. Toronto in regulation here for uh, Alex in this one. And as far as uh, I'll throw out a couple of Tampa Bay. Hedman's been collecting points. I could go in that direction for sure. As far as his uh, player prop, how about Nick Paul? And Nick Paul's a Toronto killer. That's something to point out too. Nick Paul scored again the other night against Vancouver. You talk about someone that's undervalued, Nick Paul. And again, he's done damage against the Leafs. In fact, he has done big damage in the playoffs against the Leafs. The last two years they met in the first round and there's Nick Paul scoring a big goal uh, for the Tampa Bay Lightning against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So uh, definitely liking the uh, Nick Paul props here as well. As far as value, that's definitely what stands out here for me in this one. Stamkos, you know, has been very good too. When he's with the, other than the, when, when he's been on the ice, when he wasn't in, missing games due to injury, uh, he's been definitely noticeable. And his props are always going to be worth a look for one very simple reason. He is playing for a contract. He was not at all impressed and amused by Tampa Bay, just basically ignoring any discussions with him in the off season, as far as contract negotiations. So, you know, that's a motivated Steven Stamkos right now to have a big season. All right, the New York Islanders and Buffalo Sabres. Uh, Buffalo minus 125 home favorite, six and a half the total in this game. So finally, the uh, superhuman Ilya Sorokin does not look at in one game, and sure enough, the Islanders lose. That tells you all you need to know, right? I mean, if Sorokin is going to have an off night, uh, and look, it's not so much he had an off night. New Jersey, had, some of those shots were terrific. Great screenshots through traffic. Brilliantly placed. Those Jack Hughes goals were spectacular. I'm not sure many goalies would have stopped some of those. But it tells you when the uh, Islanders finally uh, cave in a little bit defensively, they lose. You know, and that that simple as that. And we saw it again last night against the uh, Devils. Back-to-back -back situation for the Islanders. And obviously for the first time this year, Sorokin gets a rest. Semyon Varlamov is going to be uh, in net for the uh, Islanders. Of course, Devin Levi has started every game, and we've talked ad nauseum about the situation there. He, he's obviously had a tougher start, uh, and they've been forcing him into action every game, but they can't put him in tonight because he's day-to-day -day with an injury uh, right now. So uh, as a result, uh, no Levi tonight. Probably would have played, honestly, the way this Buffalo's been uh, going with their goaltending this year if he was healthy, but he's not. So it's Eric Comrie who is going to get his first start of the season for the Buffalo Sabres. And to be honest with you, one of his best outings last year against for Buffalo came against the Islanders. He shut him out last year. <laughs> Eric Comrie did 2-0 in a Buffalo victory last year. So uh, definitely I look at this as a situation where Comrie's actually got probably a little bit of confidence here coming into this game, taking on the uh, Islanders, knowing he played phenomenally well. Uh, against them last year in a shutout victory. I like Buffalo here. Bounce back situation for them coming in off the uh, loss they had against the uh, Calgary Flames on Thursday night. Islanders on a back-to-back -back here. No Sorokin, no Islanders for me. That's what it's going to be like all season long for me. He's just such a huge component of why they win games, bailing them out time and time again. Uh, and uh, yeah, I like Buffalo here. Rested team. 
Comrie did well last year against the uh, Islanders. Um, so Buffalo minus 125. I'm telling you what, this total now, six and a half. You know, Buffalo, I can see why their total is six and a half. For the Islanders, though, although I should say New Jersey got them out of their comfort zone, right? New Jersey got them uh, in, got the Islanders in some penalty trouble last night. Uh, no question about that. Uh, and that took the Islanders out of their game, and they have to chase the game, and they have to open up the game, and that's not the Islanders' way of winning games. It's not how the Islanders want to win games or play. They don't want to be in the chase position, so that's what was great about that game for New Jersey. They had the lead, and it forced the Islanders to play a style they don't want to, you know. and that's what ended up being a big reason why the Devils were able to win, and that's the key for Buffalo tonight. Pounce on this team that played last night, get the first goal, and force them to have to chase the game because that's when the Islanders are vulnerable. When the Islanders score first and they get the lead on you, it's like the, that, you know, spider with the tentacles, you know, they just, you know, they just rip it right around your neck and just try to shut the game down completely when they have a lead. So that's critical for success this year. When you play this Islanders team, get the first goal, you know, get them in penalty trouble. New Jersey uh, didn't get the, uh, they, they did actually get the uh, first goal last night and just right from the get go, you know, the Islanders were chasing the game. That's got to be your uh, approach, and that's got to be your plan and your strategy here tonight if you're Buffalo. Uh, what do you think here, Alex, Islanders, Sabres? Yeah, I was able to grab an over six, and, you know, some of these Saturday, uh, you know, numbers, I'll have to start playing the Friday overnights, and I'll try to get those out a little bit because some of these Saturdays, I've noticed that even last week, we've seen these line moves, these six to six and a half, six and a half to sevens, uh, and we're not really getting that kind of movement even with the overnights during the week for whatever reason. So grab, I'm glad I got over six. I would say wait and grab a, a better adjusted price in game for that total. As far as the side goes, I'm really torn because normally uh, Buffalo, you know, at least let's say two weeks ago, if you told me I was going to only lay a dollar 25 against the Islanders with them not playing, uh, the start of Sorokin, I would have been all over Buffalo in this spot. But like you said, you, you got Eric Comrie here and, that's unfortunate. I didn't hear that Levi got banged up until you just said it. That that's very unfortunate. Like I said, you know, the fact of running a young goalie like that, you risk take those kind of risks. Could be with anybody, obviously, but just just such a bad look with the way that they're handling everything. So now you're stuck with your two and three options. Here's Comrie tonight. Like I said, he has played well against the Islanders historically, but I, I take that with uh, you know enough salt to make popcorn taste pretty good. So I'm going with the over here. Uh, I got six. If you can't get it now, like I said, everything six and a half. Wait for this to drop down. You should be able to get five and a half, maybe laying a dollar twenty, dollar twenty-five, and I would say go from there. Right. And then for props in this game, look, Brocktober is alive and well. Brock Nelson. Didn't I mention I did? I mentioned Brock Nelson yesterday in that game against the uh, Devils. I mean, he has just been absolutely outstanding. He's always the one guy I, I trust to actually score consistently on this uh, Islanders team. And of course, he has the two goals. I'll say this: Bo Horvat finally woke up. Two goals from him last night. He's a streaky player. Maybe you ride it tonight uh, with him because he's one of those players that, you know, he won't score for seven, eight games in a row, and then he'll score two in one game, and he'll kind of get on a mini short-term hot streak. Maybe that's going to be the uh, case here for Horvat moving forward. But on the Buffalo side, Tage Thompson finally scored against uh, Calgary, plus 150 to score tonight. I think that could get him going. Uh, Rich H., our good friend in the chat, mentioned Cousins. Yeah. Cousins point prop is even money. That's always value with that guy. You could always find value with his point prop, Dylan Cousins, simply because the guy works his fucking tail off every game. That guy doesn't take a night off. He doesn't take a shift off. Uh, and that absolutely matters uh, when you're uh, talking about um, 
player props uh, and consistency in those uh, with player props is someone that you know is going to have a good game most nights that he is on the ice. And that's certainly uh, Dylan Cousins. Dobson and Darlene, we've got another good case of two blue liners that are manning these power play units, the top power play unit. They've been shooting a lot. Dobson's been an assist guy. Darlene hasn't really gotten it going yet uh, fully for the uh, Sabres this, this season, but I like what I saw the last game, two points, two assists for him against Calgary. Uh, he hasn't scored yet, so I'd be I'd shy away maybe a little bit from the goal prop on Darlene, but certainly the assist prop at minus 125, pretty good look there. Uh, he has definitely been setting up things for his teammates uh, here the last uh, couple of games. All right, Washington and Montreal. We've got Washington minus 120, uh, road favorites, six and a half being the total in this game. Um, Washington has definitely got some issues. They're one and two, and really they could and should be 0 and three. You know, if not for Calgary failing to close the deal and Calgary failing to uh, extend the lead uh, against uh, Washington earlier this week, uh, Washington would be a winless hockey team right now. Because aside from, you know, the second period of that Calgary game where they did outplay the Flames, you could say every other period they've been atrocious this season. All three periods against Pittsburgh, they were awful. All three periods against Ottawa the other night in that 6-1 to one loss, uh, they were awful. Uh, this is not a team I'm laying a price with on the road. No chance that is happening. The question becomes, do we trust Montreal? Because the Canadians here coming into this game, it's one and two, defensively inept so far this season. Five goals allowed to the Minnesota Wild the other night. 6-5 loss to Toronto. Uh, the one game where they actually were decent uh, defensively was against Chicago. They gave up 30 shots. Chicago you know, hasn't been a great offensively their last couple of games. So uh, keep that in mind. But you know, Montreal's got issues on the back. And what really sucks for Montreal, too, is uh, Caden Gooley is injured again. And I don't I hope this doesn't become a case of, you know, injury plagued career because he had an injury last year. Uh, he ends up uh, blocking uh, a shot, I believe, against Minnesota, gets injured, uh, although it was an upper body injury for him. Uh, he's day to day, may not play tonight. Um, so, and he's a really good young defenseman for them. And what I also don't love about this game in terms of backing Montreal, I actually did take Montreal, but I kept it extremely small, you know, very, very small bet here for me with this uh, Montreal team tonight. What I don't like is Jake Allen and net and Jake Allen last year didn't have a great year. Jake Allen didn't look great in preseason, uh, for the Montreal Canadians. And in his one start this year, opening night of the regular season against Toronto allows five goals, uh, to the Leafs in that game. So, Jake Allen is not exactly a goaltender we have great, you know, confidence in right now. So did grab a small piece of Montreal plus 100. Actually, you know, it's funny with the total here, six and a half. Pinnacle had a six over minus 120 uh, earlier this morning. I grabbed it over six minus 120. Most books have six and a half now. And the concern is Washington's offense hasn't gotten going uh, for the most part this year. But, man, you, you – they should be able to find some offensive success here against this Canadians team tonight. So over six minus 120 uh, and also a small shot on Montreal plus 100 here in this one. Uh, Alex, how about you? Caps, Habs. Only thing I'm looking at here is a very small look at uh, Alexander Ovechkin over uh, half for power play points at plus 150. 
Uh, I think he gets a goal. I think that's probably the cheapest way to try to grab it these days. Uh, I've seen 150 for him to score as well, so he can go either way. I think he does something on the power play, though, tonight. So I'm going with a little bit more value in that aspect. Can't trust either one of these teams. Washington's awful. Like you said, Montreal with Jake Allen is not that great of a team. Jake Allen, you know, seemingly playing his way toward Europe. Uh, so it's a stay away game from the side, even a stay away game from the total. I just like Ovechkin to do something. So, uh, goal or power play point, you can flip a coin and pick it. It's pretty much the same price at, uh, at most of the books. So I got it plus a dollar 54 power play point. All right. Vancouver and Florida. We've got the uh, Florida Panthers minus 150 home favorites, six and a half being the uh, total, uh, in uh, this game. Oh, by the way, in terms of the uh, Montreal game, a couple of props here on the Montreal Caulfield goes without saying. Uh, no doubt. I mean, he is definitely someone that uh, every game uh, he's been a threat to score for uh, Montreal. Harvey Pinard still has value because he's still on the uh, top line for them. And I'll throw out Alex Newhook, who really has played solid since going to that number two center spot uh, for the uh, Montreal Canadiens. All right, Vancouver, Florida. Uh, glutton for punishment, maybe. But yeah, you know, I'm back on Vancouver, man. Uh, plus 130. Look, for Florida, give them credit. Um, they beat New Jersey. Took it to them for their first win of the year. Nice workmanlike win. Bobrovsky was very good, by the way, against Toronto. Uh, probably his best regular season start of the year uh, for the Panthers, three to one. But um, Vancouver, look, they played Tampa and they played a much better game. It was anybody's game. They lost four three. Philly was a no show. But now you've really got a team that's really, really going to show that, hopefully, show that urgency here tonight uh, to get that first win on this road trip here. Uh, against a Florida team, look, coming off a game against a rival, a game they've got, a team they've got playoff history with. I don't mind the price here, Vancouver plus 130. But more than that, there's some props that I really like here uh, in this game of uh, both sides. If you look at Florida here going into this game, Sam Reinhart to score a goal and over shots on goal, you got to take it because he's just been ringing up the register with shots on goal. Same with Evan Rodriguez. You know, he's been playing on the top line for Florida. He has been absolutely firing that puck. Uh, and overshots on goal too, and still just two and a half. They haven't really adjusted it. You know, Rodriguez, Reinhardt are good looks as far as props go from the Florida side of things in this game. And look, I've, we've criticized him. He didn't have a good year. It's why he got bought out by the Vancouver Canucks, but now he gets to face his old team. And now as a member of the Florida Panthers, our guy, Oliver ekman Larson. Oliver Lawson Tossum here. And there was a great quote, Tom, about the buyout. He said, I was shocked by it. I did not expect it. It really hurt. Yeah, he actually used that phrase, yeah, that it really hurt uh, and it really stung. So uh, definitely um, that's something that would concern you here about Vancouver is that you've got Ekman Larson really trying to um, really show something here. And if you actually look, Ekman Larson, the last game against Toronto, I saw a big-time improvement. He scored a goal, actually. Uh, in the win against the Leafs. He's had four, seven, 10, 11 shots on goal in the four, in the four games so far, three plus shots in three of the four games, 11 shots on goal total, uh, a goal and an assist for him from the blue line in the last two games. He's playing on the number one power play unit. Again, this is becoming a theme defenseman playing the number one power play unit, quarterbacking it with no Ekblad and no Montour. That role has fallen to Oliver Ekman Larson quarterbacking that number one power play unit for the uh, Florida Panthers right now on the blue line. So let's roll with the trifecta here for Ekman Larson in this game. Uh, keep these small and volatile. You know, we don't know if he's going to find the back of the net like he did against Toronto, but you're talking about extreme motivation team that cut him loose, the Vancouver Canucks. And now he wants to uh, 
play a hell of a game against them. No, there's no one that wouldn't want to play a great game uh, against Vancouver in Oliver Ekman Larson's shoes today. He was cut loose unceremoniously. And yeah, he didn't play well last year, but I think he's also motivated to play better. And look, uh, he had a couple of bad games at the beginning of the year, but I think he's gotten progressively better these last two games, which were also victories for Florida. So you can find Oliver Ekman Larson to get a goal at plus 850 at FanDuel, plus 170 to get an assist. Uh, most books have it around that price. And a little shekel or two on the power play point prop as well, which you can find as high as plus 285 without Ekman Larson today. So uh, a great angle. And you could tell he was really, really, really hurt by it. You could tell there was some hurt in his words talking about how Vancouver bought him out and just let him go. Uh, and you can tell that stings still to this day. It resonates. And uh, watch Ekman Larson go out there and probably want to really have one heck of a hockey game tonight. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Canucks and Panthers. Yeah, that's a, a great angle, and and definitely shop around because I find it very interesting. I'm looking at Caesars, a book that normally has generous uh, goal props. They got him at plus two twenty five, where as a uh, FanDuel has really? eight fifty. So yeah, so I, I don't, I, and I think that's maybe because I don't know, I don't really, I oh, can't. Yeah, you're right. I see bet stamp. Yeah, Caesars yeah. plus two twenty five. So, FanDuel's got plus eight fifty. That's why. And everywhere else is like six to one, right there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, six to one in MGM, uh, which I was looking at, but yeah, eight fifty at FanDuel. So I'm gonna take a shot at that, but I'm also gonna take a shot at him to get a point plus one fifteen. I got that at MGM as well. Uh, I think that's a great angle, and that's probably the only thing I would even look toward in this game. I don't, I don't. This is more of an observation game for me, especially for Florida and even Vancouver. Like I said, this road trip, I want to see them. Can you know if they can just continuously try to get back on that role of, of playing, you know, more up tempo dominating the pace and, and I'm waiting for the bottom to kind of completely drop at Florida too, right? Even though this is a good spot to fade the minus one fifty. But I just yeah, I need to just see more from Vancouver and I need to see a little bit more in a bad way for Florida. I'm I'm waiting for that Florida team to regress. If they have a a, a big bad night here and people are thinking they're gonna bounce back in the next game, that might be the time to start fading them and we can see Florida get on a little bit of a losing streak. Yeah, no doubt. Besser as well for Vancouver. He's been rolling to begin the year. I like Besser goal and assist again. Uh, that has been a good uh, go-to for me uh, for the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Pedersen as well, goal and an assist. I find when they're off a couple of losses, who's going to respond? Pedersen will respond. Besser's off to a good start. I wouldn't even uh, talk anyone out of Miller. I think it feels like a JT Miller step-up spot as well. And then, like I said, for Florida, Reinhardt, Rodriguez are undervalued. And like I said, Oliver Ekman Larson, revenge game uh, for him against the uh, Vancouver Canucks. Rich H., I agree with everything you're saying, man. He couldn't keep up in Vancouver last year. He was, he was abysmal. He was abysmal. This is not, you know, Vancouver made a mistake. And it's not like Oliver is saying that right. Vancouver made a mistake because I think he knows he sucked last year. I really believe deep down he knows. But he's, you're still hurting as a player, when someone just casts you aside and says, you know, <laughs> you're not good enough to be on this team anymore. You know, that's the point he's trying to make. He probably knows it was warranted, but he's, he's you're still hurt inside, you know, when you see that. And that's not something that he ever expected in his career, considering what a overall really good career he's had, especially the earlier days in Arizona. But uh, you don't expect something like that. And it hurts. Yeah. And you still want to kick that team's butt when you play them. And I'm sure he will tonight. He'll want to tonight. Yeah, his career really cratered 
in like yeah. the span of what maybe three or four years. Quickly, like, this is a yeah. guy. Yeah, yeah. So, so like I said, he's still got and and you know he's got some fight left. And, and keep in mind with Florida, you know, of course, having the the issues and injuries on the blue line, he's got a more prominent role in the spot. Now things will change once uh, everybody's back and healthy. I'm sure. Uh, but yeah, but for right now, he's he's in a good spot. Like I said, and if he can rally that emotion and energy, so be it. No doubt. All right, Philadelphia and Dallas. We've got Dallas minus two fifty. Home favorite, six the total here in this one. Now, this of all the games on the card today is one I didn't do much with. Uh, didn't do much with the side, didn't do anything with the total. Didn't really do anything with player props either, quite honestly, uh, in this game. I'm waiting for the likes of Marchment and Wyatt Johnston to get going a bit for Dallas, but they've gotten off to slow starts. And, you know, I, I don't love the value enough with their bigger, uh, gun. you know, their top players like uh, Hints and Pavelski and Ben and Sagan. Uh, so it's not a game I really did much with side total or player props. I will say this: Dallas is coming home off you know a few games on the road, and this Philly team has been feisty. They've been working. They have been really the effort's been supreme. And credit to John Tortorella for getting it out of this hockey team. Now, this reminds me of the way they started last year, where they had a solid record to start. That work ethic was off the charts, and then injuries mounted. Teams didn't take Philly as lightly anymore because they had a decent start, and that's when the losses started to happen, and eventually the offense dried up as well. Uh, but I want to see signs of that before I just, you know, let's take the better team here because we know Dallas is the better team, but, you know, Philly is playing with the work ethic alone that even though they're outmanned most nights, they can still win. Like they showed it against Edmonton, will beat skill. The will for Philadelphia crushed the will of Edmonton the other night and that's why they won that hockey game and that's why will beat skill really is a legitimate you know phrase and, it, and it's prophetic a lot of times so that's the key here dallas is focused dallas plays their best they'll win but if they're sloughing off you know after a, a couple of games on the road and if they're a little lackadaisical and philly works you know brings that lunch pail effort the way they have in most of their games this year then philly can go in there and win you know, that's the way it is. So for me, though, pass on this one. Anything for you, Alex? Philly, Dallas. I was trying to refresh the YouTube uh, feed, and there's ads popping up. Good to see. Uh, so I like the Dallas here in the first period. And looking back in this history, between these two teams, Dallas has won six straight. Here are the first period scores. Dallas 2-0, Dallas 2-1, Dallas 1-0, Dallas 1-0, Dallas 2-0, and Dallas 1-0. So give me the first period puck line there, and I'm also going to go with that first period over. Based on the angle, like you said, with Dallas coming back home, bit of a rough spot, but they're playing a Philly team that's not going to just completely lay down and roll over to them. There should be goals both ways here early, so maybe even look at both teams to score prop as well, but going to lay that $1.25 with the first period over and also going to take Dallas to cover the puck line and get out of that first period with the lead. Yeah, and it does look like apparently we've got Scott Wedgwood for Dallas, Samuel Erson making his first start of the season for Philly. So it is a battle of the backups. Uh, is that? And a lot of times we rush to overs when we see that. I don't know. I don't. I don't think I can do it with Philly though. Philly just really wants to play that. Lo and look, they they got Edmonton into their lower scoring, you know, battle in the mud, if you will. The other night against Edmonton, uh, a very obviously gifted offensive team. So Philly is going to want to slow things down like they always do. So it's going to be very interesting to see, you know, if the um, the Philadelphia Flyers can uh, get Dallas to play their way 
Uh, that's going to end up being the big question here. But Ayerson and Wedgwood, and by the way, I didn't mention it in the Vancouver game, Casey DeSmith giving uh, Thatcher Demko uh, a night off tonight. And I don't mind that, well, Vancouver in that game. Casey DeSmith played excellent for uh, Vancouver uh, in the previous start that he made this year in Edmonton when they beat the Oilers. So uh, as far as props, like I say, not much here uh, for this game. I would say the one guy that's really stood out here, two guys for the Flyers are Konechny and Faraby. You know, they're not bad options. Like I said, as far as Dallas, I think I'm waiting for their value players or their depth players to step up. They haven't done that yet in terms of uh, Johnston and Marchment in particular. They've been quiet to begin the year. All right, Pittsburgh and St. Louis. We've got Pittsburgh minus 155 road favorites, six and a half being the uh, total here in this game. Uh, when you look at this matchup here, Penguins and Blues, Penguins off a game they want to be better than uh, against Detroit. Uh, that was not a good showing from them. Uh, and finally, we saw the Penguins look defensively like how I thought they might look for a lot of this season. They struggled against Detroit, caught out of position, uh, and Detroit made them pay for it. Um, that's what I expect to see, really, from Pittsburgh uh, this season. I expect to see more uh, defensive issues than offensive. They should be able to score goals. St. Louis, kind of the same thing against Arizona. Finally, we saw that team you know, give up goals. I find that these are two long in the tooth teams as far as the blue line is concerned. You look at the average age of these blue liners, you got old, older players like Latang and Ruedel and Carlson on the Pittsburgh side. You've got, it's a bag of bones. It's an old bag of bones on the St. Louis blue line too. My goodness, Letty has been around forever. Falk has been around forever. Uh, you know, even uh, Colton Pareko is not a young 30 years old anymore. You know, he has been around a very long time. So it's a very aging blue line. Krug now isn't a young man anymore, and he's had a bunch of injuries too for not only the Bruins but the Blues since he's been there. So these are two aging blue lines that have issues containing speed sometimes, and that would bother me here a little bit in this matchup here with Pittsburgh and St. Louis. For me, this is a little bit of a look to the over here, six and a half uh, in this game. Projected both teams to be below average defensive teams. Hasn't exactly shown that way in every game that they've played this year, but the last game for Pittsburgh, it did against Detroit. The last game for St. Louis, it did against Arizona. So I think definitely you could see this one get up and uh, over the total. And it's not a bad call from our guy in the chat here, the Philly fan, Philly Eagle Flyer, saying first period, both teams to score uh, in this game. I could see it absolutely in this uh, Penguins and Blues game. Goaltending, we've got Jordan Bennington back in net, and he's been really good, but now he's been out of his rhythm you know, because they gave the last start to Hofer, you know, and now, I don't know. I think at some point, Bennington's not going to have a good night. This might be it. And uh, for uh, Pittsburgh, we'd expect Tristan Jari to be in between the pipes tonight for the Penguins. But again, that is not confirmed uh, as of a yet. So for me, over six and a half, uh, I was looking maybe to take Pittsburgh, but not at this price, minus 155. So I left that alone. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Penguins, Blues. Yeah, the only thing I'll be looking at here would be that, that both teams to score. And I was just trying to check and get a good price on that. I know MGM's got a book with one of those. But, yeah, like I said, aging blue line. And, and that's a great point. I talked about that with Pittsburgh. But, yeah, the Blues are right there in, in that spot. And that's not a good thing to have when you have a, a, a streaky goaltender like a Jordan Bennington. Like I said, yeah, if he's hot, that's fine. You can deal with it and manage. But once he gets cold and you need those blue liners to step up, block more shots, put their body in front of things, 
they're just not going to be able to do that. And even if they are willing to sacrifice the body, you worry about them getting hit so damn often and, and, and taking so many shots. All of a sudden, they, the injuries mount. They get worn down. Neither one of these teams have much depth in the AHL either if they suffer injuries. Something else we've, we've highlighted with these two clubs. So uh, an overlook makes sense, but I'm just going to keep it simple here on a big card. I'm just going to go with both teams to score in the first period. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's a couple games where, you know, first period, both teams to score looks somewhat appealing. Uh, this game that's about to start, I could see Detroit and Ottawa being one of those first period, both teams to score, maybe worth a sprinkle. Anaheim, Arizona, too, because I think there's going to be good pace early in that game. And this one definitely, Pittsburgh, St. Louis, could definitely see uh, both teams finding the back of the net early in that game. As far as props go, I do want to circle back quickly on uh, player props in this one. Um, Evgeny Malkin's on fire to begin this season. I, I you know, and when, he's one of those players that, you know, if he's feeling it, you ride it. I mean, he's been, he's got seven points in the last three games, three goals and four assists in the last three games for Evgeny Malkin. So Malkin goal, Malkin assist. Why not? I mean, he's absolutely rolling right now for Pittsburgh at this point in time. I think he's probably their, 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 their best forward right now, offensively at this point in time. Uh, and then on the uh, St. Louis side of the equation, it looks like, by the way, they're going to get, uh, they got a boost as far as uh, uh, injuries are concerned. They got, uh, it looks like um, Buchnevich might be back uh, for this uh, game tonight. So keep that in mind. He didn't play the other night, but uh, that's good. Any, any help they can get up front, St. Louis, they'll take it. So we might see the returning Pavel Buchnevich tonight up front for the uh, St. Louis Blues here uh, in this game. And, um, Tristan Jari, we expect to start, even though it hasn't been named. Good point by Jarek. He's dominated. He's owned the Blues. You know, terrific track record against them. We'll see if that can continue here tonight. Let's see if it can continue with this, uh, again, this patchwork defense in front of them. You know, that's going to be the big question. All right, Columbus, Minnesota. We've got the uh, Wild minus 220 home favorite. Six the total in this game. Um, I can't believe I'm saying it, but Minnesota, man, they've been cashing some overs here. Uh, early in the season. It's been uh, pretty wild, no pun intended, to say that uh, about Minnesota. Uh, they have been, um, you know, we think of them as the team that scuffles a little bit offensively. That's not been the case. Three goals against LA, five against Montreal, four against Toronto. Uh, the power play, you know, has been a little bit better as well. Uh, you know what I find about Minnesota? they got a lot more younger players now, finally, in the lineup and on this team. You know, after years and years of, you know, your older guys like your Dumbas and your and their Ryan Suiters when he was here uh, and there was older players. And of course, you had Miko Koivu uh, all those years and it would be a more of a plodding team and the team speed element of Minnesota just wasn't there compared to other teams. Well, now you've got all of a sudden, you know, the likes of Marco Rossi and you've got now this young kid, Sam Walker's in there, Sammy Walker, Connor Dewar. You know, you got at least a little bit more speed up front, a little bit more proficiency from your bottom six. And I think that's played a big role uh, in Minnesota, you know, scoring a bit more. But defensively, they've had their issues. And when you look at the blue line, it probably goes back to Jared Spurgeon being out. I'm telling you, Jared Spurgeon, I, I think we've talked about this, Alex, for a couple of seasons on this show with Spurgeon, where when he's out of the lineup, all of a sudden defensively, they're not the same and they're giving up goals and their games are going over the total. And it's kind of like the same thing here without Spurgeon to begin the season. And when you look at that blue line, Faber is struggling a bit in his own end. He's been very good offensively, but, you know, he's still trying to learn how to be a, a adapt, a, an adept, I should say, NHL defender in his own end. You know, still a work in progress for a very young guy like that. 
you know, and after Brodine, you know, you've got some uh, question marks as far as the uh, depth you've got uh, on that blue line right now for the Minnesota Wild. Middleton is not the greatest skater. You've got, you know, basically Dakota Mermis and John Merrill, who are, you know, they are what they are. They're they're, they're average defensemen. Uh, and there's going to be some opportunities for the opponent to take advantage of that. No Spurgeon and a little lack of depth, quality depth on the Minnesota back end right now. And L.A. certainly did that, right? Seven goals the other night uh, against the uh, Minnesota Wild. It looks like tonight in this game, um, we should see Philip Gustafson uh, back in net for the uh, Wild. I'd be stunned uh, if he wasn't. Merzlikens, now he supposed to start yesterday, but they decided to give him another day off because he had the injury situation or the uh, illness situation. Uh, and they give him another day, and he's back tonight. Uh, in net for the uh, Jackets. We expect it to be Gustafson. Matt Boldy, by the way, is also out again for the uh, Minnesota Wild. And Patrick Lyonnais, who took a pretty hard elbow at the end of that game, and the Columbus was none too happy about it. Eric Goodbranson went after Rasmus Anderson for it at the end of that game last night. But Lyonnais took a really big elbow, and he's already been ruled out uh, for this game tonight uh, against uh, Minnesota. Um, this is one where I bet a small over just because Minnesota's trending that way. And then I see Dean Evason. What would you expect a coach to say after getting beaten down seven to three, like uh, Minnesota was by LA? Wouldn't you expect him to say something like, Hey, we got to tidy it up defensively. We got to play better in our own end. Uh, we need better goaltending and, and basically talk about how you need to be better defensively. Do you know what he actually said in pra after the yesterday, uh, after the, uh, during, after practice, he said, we have to generate more. He's actually talking about offense. He's talking about, so they just gave up seven goals against LA and here's Minnesota. And here he is talking about, we need to generate more scoring and more chances. Uh, I don't know if that should be your number one priority right now, Dean, after a game like that uh, against LA, but maybe his priority too is the offense right now with this Minnesota team. Who knows? But that's a bizarre quote coming off a game where you give up seven to the LA Kings and your more greatest concern is we got to generate more chances and more offense. That was a, that was a uh, bizarre quote from Dean Evason. Let's put it that way. So I'm on over six here. You know, Minnesota has been going that way. Ride with it until proven otherwise. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Jackets, wild. Okay, come on, mute button. There we go. Yeah, this is that is an interesting quote from uh, Dean Evason, and I, maybe that's his way of trying to say, "Hey, you know, let's let's take the pressure off the defense. The defense they're having some issues. Like I said they're missing Spurgeon." Uh, you know, he made a bad call by going back to Florida instead of going to Gus uh, in the last game. So now it's just like, okay, I think that's more of that quote. That's, that's a deflection quote. That's not, I don't think that's verbatim. I think that's more deflection than anything else, the way he's, the way he's uh, specifying that. There's a lot of things I like in this game tonight, uh, and, and they're wild-centric. One thing I will be saving for later on in, in, the, uh, in the portion of this the program, but for right now, I will talk about the regulation draw. And this is something that I've been on for quite a while with these two teams playing. And I looked back at the history last night. 16 of the last 31 meetings have gone past regulation. Uh, also, some of the other notes, three of the last five at the Excel Center and three of the last four overall have gone to overtime or a shootout. So at plus 390, which I was able to grab at Bet Online, I saw 370s last night. So I got a little bit of both of those. Definitely going with the draw here. Like I said, this could be one of those games where the game opens up, goes back and forth. I could easily see us being 3-3 or 4-4 uh, after 60 minutes going in OT. So with that also being said, looking toward that over as well of 6. Might wait and grab a, a little 5.5 at a cheat, you know, just get a better number, not necessarily looking for a better price. Uh, in game, 
And uh, like I said, there's a couple of player props that I like. I know Ian, you're about to touch on those. All right, good stuff. I, I like a lot of what you said there. And I'll be honest, I, I didn't mention it because I wanted Alex to talk about it first because I'm only on it because he mentioned it yesterday to me. <laughs> I'm on that draw as well. Uh, at uh, I mean, I got plus 404 at Pinnacle oh, uh, with the uh, draw. What an incredible yeah, price. I mean, it breaks yeah. my heart that the U.S. folks can't use Pinnacle. It's just such – I mean, yeah. all the prices are so good, especially – and the draw. We talked about it last year. All the draws, I bet, primarily were at Pinnacle. They were always mm -hmm. like 30, 40 cents better. You know, then uh, a lot of the other books with the with the draw prices. So uh, a great price there, and uh, does feel like it's a very competitive close game, no doubt. Uh, yep. With these uh, two teams tonight, Columbus and uh, Minnesota. As far as props go for this game tonight, um, you know, not as many uh, here. It's um, last night I was expecting a little more pop offensively from uh, the Jackets. I would say if you're going to look at Columbus props, you know, Marchenko uh, is is has gotten a bump up the lineup, and and especially now with Lion A out for uh, Columbus, someone's going to have to really pick up the slack here uh, offensively for this team. Uh, uh, Marchenko is going to have to be one. Boone Jenner, the captain's going to have to be someone else that does it as well. So there's some value in their props. Cole Sillinger, there's the I knew someone was moving up. Cole Sillinger is moving up. Number two center tonight, it looks like, for uh, Columbus in this game between Fantilli and Tessier on that second line. So there's value with his props now because of that. So uh, absolutely worth a uh, look there as far as uh, the player props go uh, involving uh, Sillinger now moving up to that second uh, line center spot. I think for Minnesota too, uh, you know, Kaprizov is not value, but, you know, he's going to probably find the back of the net for Minnesota. It's a good chance of that. You know, he's been much better the last two games. He's feeling yeah. it again. You know, I wouldn't try to outthink out things. You know, I, I do think Sammy Walker did have an opportunity and value the other night, but after one game, it looks like uh, Dean Evison's banished him to the fourth line. Uh, so that tells you right there that I don't think he was happy with some other elements of his game, probably away from the puck the other night uh, against the uh, Los Angeles Kings. So uh, that takes away some starts. you got to get the ice time, you know, if you're going to uh, be trusted uh, to contribute offensively. All right, here we go. Finally, the last team to make their debut at home this year and play their first home game of the season, the Chicago Blackhawks, hosting the defending Stanley Cup champion, Vegas Golden Knights, Vegas minus 235 road favorite, six the total in this game. If this was another upper echelon team, one that just wasn't finding ways to win and battling through defensive injuries and still winning games and not showing any signs of letdowns and lackadaisical efforts and playing down to their competition, we've seen none of that from Vegas here. This, If this was any other team, I'd really be interested in Chicago tonight. Uh, in this spot, home opener, fired up, and they will be, they will be fired up. And uh, certainly uh, teams in their home opener have done quite well this year. If you look at this week, if you bet the teams that are playing in their home opener, you're doing well. You know, the home opener angle is, it's not like it's uh, an angle we talk about year in and year out, but this year it kind of feels like the home opener teams have really, really performed well uh, throughout the course of the season. So uh, we'll see if Chicago can further that, but man, what a tall task it is. For them against this Golden Knights team, what a start for them! Uh, it's just been workmanlike. It's been terrific. Five and zero. It's been a little bit of everything for them, uh, where they've been scoring goals, they've been great defensively, airtight again, and the goaltending has been terrific most nights, mostly for Maiden Hill. But how about the night that uh, Logan Thompson had against uh, Winnipeg the other night? He played excellent in that game, and you know he wants to play well. He's fired up to play well because of the fact that this is a guy 
you know, that is pl- trying to get more starts for this uh, Vegas Golden Knights team. It looks like as far as injuries go for Vegas, we always have to monitor this. They've had multiple cluster injuries on the blue line. It looks like for this game tonight, Martinez, by the way, came back the last game, which was good to see. Petrangelo did not. He's still day-to-day. There is a chance Alex Petrangelo is back. But as of right now, we're looking at McNabb, Theodore, Martinez, Haig, Hutton, and Braden Pahal on the blue line here for Vegas. And that four lines that they've got, I mean, Barbashev, Eichel, Marcheseau, Cotter, Stevenson, Stone, Howder, or Howden, I should say, Carlson, Amadio, and then Carrier, Nicholas Waugh and Keegan Colasar. I mean, all four lines are just great at both ends. They can all contribute at both ends of the ice. Very deep team, as we know. Going to be a tall order for Chicago. I was tempted very much so by Chicago. If I were to take Chicago, though, it would be more so, I think, the first period. It's probably what I would look at uh, more than anything else because, you know, that first period, you'd expect them to be coming out strong for the first period of your first home game. Uh, Connor Bedard's first home game in a Blackhawks jersey here at the United Center. But I just don't know if I can bring myself to do it against this Vegas team. They have been that good, that strong. There have been no let up in this team in their first five games, five and oh. How about the total in this game? Six. These two teams are a combined nine and one to the under this year. How about that? Chicago's gone five and oh to the under. Vegas is four and one to the under. So you're talking about nine and one to the under in the games combined this season between the Golden Knights and the Blackhawks. We'll see if that continues here tonight. Goaltending, we don't have uh, confirmations as of uh, yet in this game. Projections of Hill for Vegas and uh, Arvid uh, Soderblom here for uh, Chicago tonight. So we'll see if that is indeed the case, but nothing confirmed yet. Uh, Alex, uh, what do you think here? Golden Knights, Blackhawks. Yeah, pretty sure Soderblom was confirmed by uh, uh, Ben Pope of the Tribune. So I did see that earlier this morning, okay, but um, yeah, but but I'm not sure who's in net for Vegas. But it don't matter who's in net for Vegas. If you haven't seen the goalie charts, spoiler alert: Vegas is my top uh, power rate team. But I also have for the maybe the third time that I've ever done it, certainly digitally. And I think one time long ago when I was doing it by hand, I have two goaltenders even. I have Aiden Hill and Logan Thompson completely even. There is no change in, in line or value as far as I'm concerned. That's a wonderful thing to have. That is basically as close to perfection as you can get. Uh, within your your goaltending group. That being said, yeah, I would have loved for this game to have taken place in a, a different time. Like I said, Vegas with the top momentum, but I just would have loved it for it not to be the Hawks' home opener, which, keep in mind, this will be their fifth opening night ceremony, and this is more than likely going to be their longest ceremony because, of course, they have to pay tribute to Rocky Roach, who passed away in the offseason. It's going to be the big, uh, you know, everybody skates out on the ice, which I'm guessing will end with number 98, Connor Bedard, and the big ovation, of course, the great anthem. So it's going to be about 35 minutes. And they also have the red carpet event that's even like an hour and a half before the players walk through. So it's a lot of festivities and a lot of shenanigans and a lot of things that a tired bunch, you wouldn't want them going through, right? It, uh, after a five-game road trip in 10 days, you'd want the team to, hey, you know, get your bearings, get ready for the next game. But they got to do all these extracurriculars and all this fanfare before the puck is even dropped. I think that takes away even the little bit of value you could have gotten from the Hawks in the first period against a a Knights team that's just rolling right now. And I said yesterday, it's going to either be a 3-2 overtime game or an 8-4 Vegas win. I think it might be more of the latter. Uh, I'm going to wait and play this live, actually. The only thing I like right now would be the first period over, but even with a dollar thirty-five, we can wait a little bit, grab a better price on that. 
Uh, same thing with the full game. Five and a half. If I can grab that, I'll definitely go with that one. And I might even look at Arvid Soderblom under 27 and a half saves in the event that he might possibly get pulled. Uh, so that's the kind of uh, thinking I have with some of these bad goalies. And that's more of a Morazic thing because as of right now, Soderblom is actually playing a little bit better than Morazic. But uh, and both goalies haven't been bad, as you mentioned, you know, Hawks, uh, all their games have gone under the total. The, the dam's going to break here one way or the other, but I feel like it's more than likely going to be Chicago coming off of that road trip, just being completely deflated. And it wouldn't shock me to see an, an ugly one, which is unfortunate for the home opener. So uh, may not be the most fun of events at uh, 1901 West Madison tonight, but uh, I think Vegas keeps on rolling here. All right. Like in uh, Vegas. And that tells you all you need to know, Alex, no Homer here with the Blackhawk opinions. Uh, he'll tell you exactly how he thinks it's going to go win or lose uh, for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. And, uh, It'll be interesting to see uh, how this team tries to generate offense because one thing I noticed in that Colorado loss, and look, maybe home ice will help this a bit, but I'll tell you, the opponent ain't going to help this because Vegas is as good as it gets defensively, but they did not generate a whole lot. Like it was, there was not a lot going on offensively as far as ozone time and offensive quality chances generated against Colorado the other night for Chicago. And it ain't going to get any easier now playing the Golden Knights tonight from that standpoint. So that's going to be the challenge. I mean, this is a really good test in the young career of Connor Bedard here. You know, how's how is his skill set going to work against some of these real, real top tier teams that know how to defend you or can play defense. And we know he had a little bit of a tough time with it against Colorado. How about tonight against Vegas? Won't get any easier. That's for sure. And, and keep an eye on Nick Foligno and Corey Perry. Wouldn't be shocked to see both those guys get in the fights tonight. Yeah, exactly. And Vegas, you know, they've got the multiple guys that are capable of it, you know, throwing uh, throwing their uh, Dukes. Uh, so definitely uh, keep an eye on that. Might be a physical game tonight. We'll see. The San Jose Nashville, we've got Nashville minus 250 to minus 260 uh, home favorites, six being the uh, total uh, here in this game. Um, look, the, the standard operating procedure for me has been fade San Jose at every opportunity. And you're not going to hear me say this very often when it comes to the Nashville Predators, but Give me Nashville team total over three and a half. I'm not going to say that very often, but I am always interested in saying that against any team playing the San Jose Sharks. And to say what you will about Nashville, their offense is a little you know, suspect. They're going to have nights where they get shut down. They did put up a very impressive six uh, or five spot, I should say, uh, or four spot rather against the New York Rangers uh, in a four to one win against them at Madison Square Garden. And this is a much worse defensive team. This, this should be an opportunity for Nashville to want to get to four goals. I also like Nashville in the first period puck line in this game. That's another thing that I've noticed here the last couple of games. Teams getting off to hot starts against this uh, San Jose team. I cashed a puck line first period bet with Boston the other night against San Jose. So I'm on those two plays here, aside in total. Uh, first period puck line minus a half, plus 128 at Pinnacle for Nashville. And also their uh, team total here, which is uh, over three and a half minus 116 uh, right now uh, at uh, Pinnacle. It's just a San Jose team. They're just giving up way too much. Like even against a, a Boston Bruins team that really hasn't hit their stride, fired on all cylinders offensively this year, they still gave up well over 30 shots in that game. Uh, go back to the well, too, with uh, saves props involving the San Jose goalies. You know, the saves props involving San Jose goalies have been very, very good. Um, I certainly like... Uh, it looks like uh, Mackenzie Blackwood is back in net tonight for the Sharks. Blackwood over saves, I think, is definitely a good look. 
uh, in this game. Philip Forsberg, 100% right. Someone in our chat, overshots on goal. We've talked about this repeatedly. This guy's just firing the puck from everywhere right now on the ice for the Nashville Predators. So I like that look quite a bit as far as Nashville goes. Forsberg overshots on goal. Forsberg probably gets a goal tonight. I could look at that. Uh, Novak has been good with points at home, especially. So Thomas Novak for Nashville. Uh, if you're going to take someone for San Jose, maybe keep an eye on Eklund. He's been solid. He's been no, and Zadina. Those are the two guys that have been noticeable for San Jose up front. So we'll see if that continues here uh, in this uh, game tonight against Nashville. So those are some prop looks for me. And then, like I said, Nashville first period puck line split with the uh, team total for the Preds uh, over three and a half in this game. Uh, Alex, San Jose, Nashville. This is a complete pass for me. Um, I mean, I mean, it makes sense. Like I said, Nashville first period, home momentum against an awful team, but I, I just can't trust Nashville's offense. So it's won't watch it, won't play it, won't bet it, can't do it. It's passed. <laughs> I like it. Can't watch it. It's Mike Singletary there, <laughs> right there a little bit. Yeah. Look, this is the one. This is look. I was fearful of this game, trusting Nashville, but this is just you know it's been the anti-San Jose bets have been good so far to me for the most part this year. Uh, and we're going to continue going down that uh, pathway here tonight. And actually, if, if I'm Nashville, and I, I know they're coming off the big win against the Rangers, they played well, you think maybe flat spot at only at San Jose. You shouldn't be flat when you're at ho- playing at home for the first time since you laid an egg the last time you played at home against Edmonton when you lost to the Oilers 6-1. to one. You should be fired up to play well tonight. You should be amped up to play a lot better on home ice than you did against uh, Edmonton. All right, Carolina, Colorado, one of the better games of the night. Uh, two teams that could very well be in the Stanley Cup final this year. Uh, Colorado, minus 135 home favorites, minus 140 uh, in some spots. Six being the uh, total here uh, in this game. Um, Carolina has got major, major issues on defense right now. I'm telling you, they have not looked the right, the, the, the way the Hurricanes normally do in their own end. And it's... It's a couple of games you'd think, okay, just the first couple of games of the season, they'll eventually figure it out. They'll get going. But then when it lasts into the last couple of games as well, and then that Seattle game where the Kraken and the Kraken were due to score some goals finally, but to give up seven goals in that game, it was a rough night for the blue line. Defenseman caught out of position. Forwards not doing a good enough job helping out their D. Anti Ronta was very porous in that game against Seattle. It was the whole gamut for Carolina, and they have given up to their opponent three goals in every game this year. They played five games, three allowed to Ottawa at home, and then on this road trip, they give up five to L.A., they give up six to Anaheim, three to San Jose, and you know when you're giving up three goals to San Jose, that's not great. And then, of course, the seven that the Seattle Kraken scored against Carolina the other night, and every game's gone over the total, so... I like Colorado team total over in this game. I, I'm, I'm, I'm until I see something different, you know, I'm not going to bet what I haven't seen. And what I haven't seen is good defensive performances from a team that's usually very good defensively. Now, does Colorado bring it out in Carolina? You know, a staunch defensive effort, the likes of which we know the Hurricanes are capable of, perhaps, but can't bet it until I see some something like that. And right now, we aren't seeing it from this defense of the uh, Carolina Hurricanes struggling in so many different uh, areas and the goaltending is a big piece. I mean, they've got those two uh, old men there in net Anderson and Ronta and, you know, they're at the tail end of their career. I'm going to flat out say it. You got two guys that are in their late thirties, a lot of tread on the tires. You can't always expect grade a goaltending from them every night. 
you know, and that's something to keep in mind. Now, I am fascinated to see what Rod Brindamore does here with the goaltending because last game, uh, Freddie Anderson was unavailable. That's why Ronta got the start day to day with an upper body injury. Ronta was bad. He got pulled. And Kochetkov, we finally saw Piotr Kochetkov citing to finish that game against Seattle. If Anderson's still not available due to injury, do we potentially see Kochetkov tonight instead of Ronta based on the way Ronta played the last game? So uh, this is definitely one where you got to monitor who's in net for Carolina. That might change my stance a little bit on Colorado team total over, but I still certainly lean that way because they have just had a hell of a tough time defensively in their own end, which is like I said, is just not what you are. It's not what you've become accustomed to from the uh, Carolina hurricanes. So that Colorado team total, by the way, over three and a half plus half plus same thing with the full game. I would split it up with the full game over assuming Ronta is in net. If it's Gochekov, I might reconsider. But again, they've got to play better in front of Kochekov too, because this is not just all on the goaltending. This has been really, really tough to see how they've struggled in their own end. It's been, like I say, something that was very uncharacteristic uh, of the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. And it's definitely not something you want to see when you're facing a team that certainly got the potential to make you pay for defensive deficiencies like the Colorado Avalanche do. What do you think here, Alex, in a nice uh, east-west showdown tonight, Canes, Avs? I probably got to go, man, I don't know if I want to go Avs money line or Avs in regulation. That's what I'm torn between. And, and we assume Georgiev is a net. He started every game. There's no reason he wouldn't tonight. Right, right. And that's the thing. Yeah, and that's the thing. You'd think against Carolina, a top team, they wouldn't roll out uh, Frostvatov for this one. He thought they would have you know, used him last game. Right. So this is probably going to be a pass for now. And this more than likely yeah. be something that I add. And I'll tweet this out This because it's going to be a side. I don't think I'd like anything as far as live in-game. These prices aren't, aren't the problem. It's more of a, of a lineup confirmation. So I'll just tweet out whatever I like here. Follow me on, on the app formerly known as Twitter, AXMA Sports. And uh, I'm leaning toward Colorado because they said Carolina's great run, you know, in California. And then now they kind of maybe lose a little bit of steam. And also they got to figure out their – I think it's a little easier for them to juggle three goalies because it means one of the other two are banged up if not two of them being banged up in Ronta and Anderson. So um, it's just a matter. It's just a wait and see kind of a spot here. for this. And there's a chance no Ajo again tonight for the uh, Hurricanes. He's missed the last couple of games day to day. Svechnikov still not ready to go. Look who is starting to percolate again. Stefan Nason, three, four points in the last two games for the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. I'd say if you like props here for Carolina, Natchez, Teravinen, Bunting, Nason, Jarvis, you know, mix it up between those five players. They're the ones that are likely going to get it done uh, for Carolina tonight. And then for Colorado, it's basically, you know, what's a little scary about Colorado is that, um, you know, they haven't gotten everybody involved yet offensively. Like McKinnon's been good. Ranton has been good. Jonathan Drouin has really fit in nicely. Uh, they did finally get a goal from one of their depth forwards, uh, Logan O'Connor and Miles Wood the other night finally chipped in. So, uh, definitely looking at a situation where I think it's reasonable to assume that um, you're going to end up getting uh, Colorado eventually to get their uh, depth forwards going. We'll see if that continues tonight. But uh, I like uh, definitely McKinnon, uh, Rantanen, and a little Drew N. Uh, wait to see if these depth forwards continue to produce. But very interesting to see uh, how Carolina plays defensively because it's not been a good start to the year for Carolina defensively. Like I say, Colorado – Team total over and the full game over split are my leans right now, but definitely hesitating on 
finalizing and locking those in until I see who's the lineups for both teams, uh, especially the goaltending for both teams. That will play a part in it as well. Uh, we do have a new membership. I do want to point that out before I forget. No, no, it wasn't a new membership, but there were a couple new ones, but a $5 dono from our guy, uh, POD Jen Stoner. Uh, for all the NHL insight, we appreciate it. $5 donation on this Saturday marathon show that we always bring in each and every Saturday when we have these huge cards. So we really do appreciate that. Thanks for the dono and the kind words. All right, Winnipeg and Edmonton. We've got Edmonton minus 170, home favorites. Six and a half being the uh, total here in this game. Uh, Jay Woodcroft brought to F-bombs over the rage and the fury and the frustration and the anger he felt about his Oilers laying an egg. And that's what it was, man. It was laying an egg. It was a no-show. It was embarrassing for a team the caliber of the Edmonton Oilers to lose like that to the Philadelphia Flyers. Equally embarrassing for the best player in the world, Connor McDavid, to have zero shots on goal. Uh, in that game against the Flyers as well. Uh, that's definitely not something you want to see. Uh, you would think a response is in order here for the Edmonton Oilers, and it's clearly a team they're capable of beating because Winnipeg is no great shakes right now either. They had that uh, tough loss to Calgary. They beat a Florida team that's got some question marks to begin the year, especially on the blue line with Noak Blad and Montour. And other than that, it's not looked good for Winnipeg. Losses to Calgary, to L.A., to Vegas – uh, it hasn't been a great start for the Jets. Uh, offensively, it's been hit or miss. Defensively, there's some issues. The, the good teams they've played, they've struggled to keep the puck out of the net. Vegas lights them up. L.A. lights them up. Calgary lights them up. That's not what you want against an angry Edmonton team coming back home after shitting the bed and absolutely total no-show against Philadelphia. Anyone that watched that game uh, could see it. It was just an absolute total no-show for this um, uh, Edmonton Oilers team. Uh, you would think they'll be a lot better here tonight in this game against a Winnipeg team that uh, certainly, again, have not had a great start to the year. And even Connor Hellebuck, the game he played, now it was um, not Connor Hellebuck the other night against Vegas, uh, but it was a, a rough night for Laurent Brossois against his old team. But the, the play in front of the goalies hasn't been great. Albeit Connor Hellebuck the last time uh, we saw um is that hot take hockey from uh, there, there's someone that's yeah. Hot take hockey. That's, is that someone that does the channel? Great stuff. Uh, welcome yeah. in. It does a great job with that channel. He's on YouTube even more than I, us, I think, but <laughs> does a great job. Welcome yeah. I was watching him last video. night. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Good to see you in there. Yeah. Uh, John V. Exactly. Yeah. Great job with the, that channel as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, getting back to this game, um, I, I'm going to trust Edmonton to respond. I really think so. I think they will. Uh, Maybe it's just not in them because we're seeing these really good teams, Alex, across the board. Teams are really supposed to be good. Boston's looked mediocre to start the year, even though they haven't lost. They've looked unimpressive in their wins. Toronto's been up and down, supposed to be a good team. Edmonton's looked up and down. They're supposed to be a good team. Uh, L.A. started slow. They're supposed to be a good team. Um, Carolina, look at the way they're playing. They haven't looked great. They're supposed to be a good team. Maybe we just need to back off and wait to see these teams look great before we back them. But I feel tonight I'm going to with Edmonton uh, just because the Jets are there for the right for the picking right now. I don't like what I've seen from them in their own end. The goaltending, even from Hellebuck, hasn't been great. So for me here, it's going to be two bets specifically on the Oilers in this game. We're going to go with that puck line in the first period. Uh, Edmonton minus a half plus 145 in the first period. Edmonton team total over three and a half minus 130. 
We expect the Oilers to win. And what happens when they win? They usually score at least four goals. So I expect that from them tonight. Oilers team total over three and a half. And this, of all nights to really not hammer, I don't want to say hammer, like uh, we don't hammer anything. We keep our bets reasonable. Nothing's a lock. Nothing's a sure thing. But if there's ever a night to bet Connor McDavid over shots on goal, it's tonight. Like zero shots on goal for Connor the last game against Philadelphia. A complete and utter, that's about as bad a game as he will ever play in an Oilers jersey or as un, you know, as invisible a game as he will ever have with Edmonton. You would expect he is going to definitely be looking to fire that puck tonight and make amends for that. So Oilers first period puck line plus 145, Edmonton team total over three and a half as well. And we've talked about this too, the first period team total. You can get that at plus 190. Edmonton team total over one and a half in the first period. I could see them putting two behind Winnipeg here uh, in the opening period of this game. So those are all of interest to me in this one. Alex, how about you? Jets, Oilers. Yeah, that means he, uh, McDavid might have actually had two shots that just never showed up on the stat sheet if it was uh, listed at zero. But <laughs> that being said, I, this is a pass for me. Uh, like I said, yeah, we got to wait and see before we crown Edmonton as being back. Right. And, and even with Winnipeg, I would have been more comfortable even looking at these Edmonton uh, sides, especially that first period uh, puck line, had the Jets not gotten blown out in that last game. Hellebuck off of a loss, I feel like, especially a bad loss, is, a, is somebody that I would yeah, rather back than fade. Yep. So that that's what got me a little worried about this one. So I'm staying away from this one on a big night. If this is a smaller smaller card and a different situation from the Jets, I would totally agree with you on that Edmonton first period puck line. Still could easily cash for sure. This could be one of those you know six three classic Edmonton routes with McDavid getting a couple of goals, Drysaddle getting on the board. But yeah, I, I'm I'm staying out of this. All right, nothing wrong with that on a huge card. That's the great thing. That is the good thing about a, a day like this, a day like we're going to have on Tuesday with our first live betcast with all 32 teams and 16 games taking place is that you can pick your spots. Um, we'll see how this one goes. By the way, uh, last year, uh, Edmonton against uh, Winnipeg, uh, they scored four, six, and seven, four, six, and five in three of the four meetings. So, yeah, no problem scoring on this uh, Jets team last year. We'll see if that uh, continues this season you know the Vegas game they were competitive it was the LA game they got blown out that is true about Hellebuck off a loss uh, and a subpar game he's usually better the next game we'll see uh, about that uh, here tonight uh, in this uh, matchup here against the uh, uh, Edmonton Oilers but unfortunately for Connor Hellebuck your blue line hasn't played great and you've got an Edmonton team that in theory should be absolutely absolutely pissed off uh, about the way they played against the uh, Philadelphia Flyers uh, a couple of nights ago. All right, New York Rangers, Seattle. A couple props there as well. Uh, Jets. No, I have follows eating up for the Jets. Keep an eye on him. Might be worth a look. Gabe Velarde too is uh, looks like he's day to day. I don't expect him to be back. He had that injury against uh, L.A. His former team. He's on IR. He won't be back anytime soon. But I have follows been really chipping in for them uh, of late. I would look in that regard as far as props go. Warren Fogle moved up to the second line, undervalued. I, I think he scored a goal a couple games ago for Edmonton. There's value there. I know McDavid, Dreisaitl. This is a good night probably to go with the McDavid, Dreisaitl specials, over one and a half points um, for both of them and a goal for both of them. You know, they respond usually when, you know, and Jay Woodcroft, that's about his. When Jay Woodcroft's dropping F-bombs there uh, in the post-game press conference for a guy that's usually pretty mild-mannered, well-spoken, you know, keeps things usually pretty calm even when they don't play well you know it was a bad game when you're getting even jay woodcroft's feathers uh, ruffled so uh yeah definitely liking the um 
uh, Edmonton first period puck line split with the team total uh, for them in this game. All right, Rangers and Kraken. Uh, New York Rangers minus 130 uh, road favorites, six being the uh, total uh, here in this one. Seattle mentioned it before the Carolina game. It's why I like their team total against the Hurricanes. I felt they were overdue to have an offensive breakout performance. Man, did they do that? Seven goals in, in the victory against Carolina the other night. You saw that they were starting to get more chances and you kind of figured eventually the puck was going to go in for them. Uh, and I think when you look at it, uh, we might be able to see uh, more of that here from Seattle moving forward. I'm, I'm interested again in their team total here tonight. It's uh, minus 135, around the same price as um, last uh, game against Carolina, over two and a half. Uh, all they need is three goals. Uh, I prefer that with Seattle. I think they can build off that momentum. One thing that does concern me about taking Seattle money line here, even though I lean that way, and the only reason I just take the team total here is because the Rangers are off a brutal game against Nashville. Uh, obviously, nobody was happy about it. Um, uh, it was just a dismal effort. You could tell they were just flat. And, and the Rangers have some of those efforts sometimes at home against uh, you know mediocre competition. We've seen it many times before. We saw it against Columbus last weekend. They lost to the Jackets 5-3. They lose to the Predators 4-1. Uh, so obviously, you would expect now going on the road, starting a road trip, that's usually a bet on spot, especially when you're coming off a, a loss like the Rangers had. I just don't know how good the Rangers are right now, though. I mean, there's still a team that there's some concerns right now. Uh, they gave up eight odd man rushes and two breakaways to Nashville. Horrendous uh, in terms of defensive zone aptitude. Uh, so that is definitely something that you don't want to see. And what concerns me here is Nashville is getting behind you for two breakaways and multiple odd man rushes. Seattle speed could certainly put that to the test <laughs> against this Rangers team. Um so it's it's a it's a tricky game. I think just based on the price, like I don't know if the Rangers should be minus one thirty road favorites. I know Seattle had a really tough, um, a really tough start to the year, but they got that first win. They got their offense going. Uh, I like Seattle team total though. I'm a little safer. I don't know about winning the game. I lean to them at the plus one ten, but I'm just going to go with the team total over two and a half minus one forty think they can get to three goals. I think we saw it against Colorado that they were starting to really get that offensive, at least the chances and the zone time and the high danger opportunities were there. It didn't result in goals that night because Georgiev was great. It finally did against Carolina. And with the Rangers looking as loose as they did in a couple of these games, the Columbus game and of course the Nashville loss, I think Seattle's capable of getting the three goals I need. Uh, to cash this uh, team total uh, over. And yes, uh, one of our new members here, John Massey, of course, uh, our good friend, uh, now part of the family plan. We wouldn't have it any other way, uh, John, that you'd be part of the family plan, of course, at some point. Uh, one of our truly great BetCast participants over the years as well. You talk about someone that's always got good good insight, good analysis, funny as hell in that dry wit kind of way. Uh, that's our guy, uh, John Massey, and a frustrated Rangers fan, I'm sure. And even he's saying that uh, I'm, I'm a little surprised that uh, uh, the uh, the Rangers, he doesn't understand this power rating for the Rangers. I kind of don't either. And I get it that the uh, New York uh, Rangers or the, the the Seattle Kraken had a rough start, but Rangers are not exactly the team I think they've been the last couple of years. And the more I watch them, the more I'm, yeah, uh, I'm thinking I'm right about that. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Rangers Kraken. 
Yeah, and I, I had them ranked as of, uh, you know, the beginning of this year, fifth, sixth in, in the league. They're probably going to be out of my top ten when I do my updates, uh, the way that they're playing right now. And, you know, the the concerning thing, uh, above all, you know, the offense has been streaky over the years, right? Even with all that talent, it was advantage at and Aaron and Kreider and company, they've had their moments of just kind of falling off and not really being all there at times. But the goaltending, especially Igor Shosturkin, uh, you know, I'm just looking back at the you know, four stats. Okay, you got wins against Arizona, but then you you know get pulled against Nashville. You give up five against Columbus. Like you you're not supposed to be doing that. You're you're a goaltender who's top ten in the world. <laughs> you're not supposed to be giving up four and five to the likes of Nashville. Uh, Nashville can hardly put pucks in their own net. It seems like, and you're giving up you know getting pulled in that game, giving up five to, to a Columbus team that hasn't really found their bearings. That that that's cost for concern certainly in Manhattan and beyond. Uh, Seattle. All the concern, I mean, it's still there, right? Like, like one win doesn't just remove how bad they played in the first few games, but they're in the right, got the right, you know, momentum. They're at home. I think this is a good price here. I'm taking the shot with the dog here with Seattle. Unbelievable. I can't believe what I've just seen. Jake Sanderson scores for Ottawa. Plus 750 cash is already <laughs> unbelievable. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. Can't even get off the air. Never unbelievable. What, what a shot, too. Absolute bomb. <laughs> It was uh, absolutely no chance for Huso. It was an unbelievable shot there. Perfect shot. Uh, one nothing Ottawa now as we get our first goal late in the first period of that uh, game between the uh, Red Wings and the uh, Senators. And that's plus 750 which at Caesars, which was where it was for uh, Jake Sanderson. Unbelievable, man. Uh, just uh, absolutely outstanding. With That's two ga- Ottawa games in a row. We've cashed a plus 700 and a plus 750 goal score prop with Jake Sanderson. Uh, keep keep riding it. He's got three goals in the last four games, and he his ice time ain't going anywhere but up. They love this guy. DJ Smith loves him. They're, he's playing great at both ends, and I'm not talking so much offensively anymore. He's been good in his own end as well. Excellent, in fact, uh, defending in his own end. He's been that complete defenseman here early in the season for Ottawa. He's been absolutely terrific. Uh, again, that's back-to-back Ottawa games where we've had the Sanderson goal prop plus 700, plus 750 uh, as far as that goal prop is concerned. So absolutely phenomenal. And like I say, the Ducks-Coyotes, watch out. We've got another sniper on the blue line that might score in that game because I had a plus 700 on him the last game Arizona played. Sean Dersey, I'm telling you, I mean he's shooting the puck a lot. That could be another big, uh, pl- hopefully a plus price uh, winner there. That's another one that I've got my eye on as well. And I mentioned it earlier in the show uh, for the uh, Arizona Coyotes, but uh, we really do appreciate it. Uh, Perlo Wisdom now in the uh, membership category as well. Uh, we welcome uh, aboard to the family plan, Perlo. We appreciate it uh, very much. Uh, yeah, it's uh wow. Uh, we'll try to calm ourselves uh, and get the uh, show back on track here uh, and refocused after that uh, exhilarating moment with Jake Sanderson scoring once again for Ottawa and cashing a plus 700 or plus 750 in this game. It was a ticket to score a goal. Um, As far as props in this game, uh, Rangers and Kraken, Kraken props are very easy to uh, figure out when they produce offensively. It's usually Jared McCann and it's Vince Dunn right now, man. Everything Vince Dunn, bet it. He is starting to heat up at the slow start first couple games but Jake Sanderson is really starting to get his game uh, going uh, for the um, – uh, Vince Dunn's really starting to get his game going here for the uh, Seattle Kraken uh, in terms of producing offensively, which is something he did very well last year. Uh, and you can get Vince Dunn plus 
650 at Caesars to get a goal, and he did score in the last game, plus 150 to get an assist. I'd put a little more money on the assist prop, though, uh, honestly, with um, the assist prop for that game with uh, Seattle, uh, with uh, Vince Dunn, uh, because he's more of an assist guy. That being said, he did score the last game. So Vince Dunn props for Seattle, uh, always worth a look. Uh, the Rangers, by the way, on their blue line, I do want to point out their play, power play quarterback is pretty good as well. Uh, talking about Adam Fox, he scored against Nashville. He got their only goal. He has a point in every game so far, two, three, four, five points in the four games, scored a goal uh, in the uh, last game uh, for the uh, New York Rangers. And I believe uh, it was, yes, it was, as Sam Rosen would say, it was a power play goal for uh, Adam Fox uh, in that game. Uh, he's another defenseman that's got, uh, an opportunity to cash some props. The power play for uh, the Rangers has actually been okay to begin the year. Um, so you could go the trifecta with Fox here. We talked about this um, strategy with Jake Sanderson for Ottawa, for Sean Dursey with Arizona, and some of these other defensemen power uh, quarterbacking the, the top power play unit. Uh, you could go with Adam Fox, goal prop, plus 700, assist prop, minus 125, and power play point prop at around plus 160 in this game. So uh, definitely some, uh, and there's, you know what, Gostas Bear, he is not someone I bet or someone I mentioned on this show, and he got the goal. He's quarterbacking the fucking number one power play for on the blue line for Detroit. I'm telling you, this concept with the power play quarterbacks from the blue line, defensemen, Lead, you know, quarterbacking the top power play unit. It's ridiculous right now how they're stepping up and scoring goals yeah. and getting assists, getting points, power play points really is remarkable. This is really something to pay attention to, folks. You know, it really is. It's not stupid. Sanderson, we already saw it. I mentioned it with Dursey. I'm talking about these two great defensemen in this game. Rangers cracking the quarterback, the power plays, Adam Fox and Vince Dunn. I mean, don't sleep on this. You know, don't sleep on this concept of looking for these player props, goal assist, power play point props involving these defensemen running the number one power play. Yeah, and there's, there's a lot of teams. Uh, they were talking about this in the Carolina broadcast the other night, where there's a lot of teams that run two defensemen on the point in the power play. Where you know we see a lot of teams want to be dynamic and put five forwards out there or four forwards and, 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 and a defenseman. But uh, now you're kind of seeing because you're seeing just the you know, higher level of skill amongst defensemen now. Think about all the top 10 defensemen in the league. They're not all just shut down, you know, guys in, in their own zone. They all have offensive talent. They all have decent shots. They all have great vision and passing ability. So it, it makes sense that, you know, the game is adapting. This is this is part of that adaptation of the game and seeing defensemen being more involved and elevated in offensive roles and having more offensive skill. Uh, that's great for the game. Those are the things we like to see. I've got a theory about it. Why is this happening? Why are all of a sudden these blue liners uh, all of a sudden, you know, not that's the blue line defensemen are always part of the power play, but I'm talking about producing points and scoring goals at this kind of clip. And I'll, I have a theory as to why that is. Everyone wants to copy what the, the team that just won the Stanley cup, everyone's trying to copy Vegas. What Vegas does is collapse to the front of the net. What Vegas does is they leave the points open. And what they do is when the puck funnels to the point, they'll actually go to the front of the net, the forward high defensively is going to pay attention to the slot. Defensemen go to the front of the net and they collapse and they just try to help the goalie out and they'll try to block the puck from getting through. 
Um, and all of a sudden, the points are open for these defensemen to shoot maybe more than ever because everyone Tampa Bay is trying to play that Vegas defensive system. Edmonton's trying to copy it a little bit. And as a result, defensemen now, when they get those open points, especially on the man advantage, they're shooting it a lot more. And I think that's opening up, you know, opportunity for the blue liners and the defensemen to really cash in in terms of uh, goals, assists, points, and produce more because of everyone's trying to copy the Vegas defensive structure. The thing is, Vegas is good in terms of really fronting the shots. Yeah. Some of these teams are trying to play this way. They're not blocking those point shots as well, and they're getting through. And you've got these great defensemen that they don't pound it with a slapper anymore. They just wrist it. They just try to get it through all the traffic, get it through to the net. Uh, and those are the shots that are working, like Sanderson the other night. And even Sanderson's goal today was a bomb, but it was through traffic, and he got it through. And it's tough to block a shot like that when it's got such velocity behind it. So I think that's the theory. Everyone's trying to protect the house like Vegas did because they want a cup. we got to play defense like that. The points are open, and now the blue liners are taking advantage of it, especially on the power yeah. play. Well, and, and that's the thing, too. I mean, and, and you know, con you know, concept and theory are one thing, but if you have, you know, you have to have the personnel, too. And most teams don't have a blue line that's as deep and talented as Vegas. So you have to kind of, like I said, yeah, you can run that all you want, but at the same time, if you have more talented forwards, okay, fine. Run your talented forwards on the point. And, and, you know, like I said, I think your point, man, should really be either your best puck handler and your hardest shooter, right? Like that's that should really be your 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 guy running everything, quarterbacking is your best puck handler. But your other but your other guy staying back is has to be your hardest shot. You don't want your hardest shot guy standing in front of the net. So I think if you use if you just stay with that concept and then you adapt from there, then that, that should work for a lot of teams. There we go. Unmute ourselves. Yeah, I mean, I think definitely that's uh, a, an excellent point, and it's something to really keep. Look at Luke Hughes last night in the New Jersey New York Islanders game. Another idea. There was an open. He was open. There was no one around him when he took that shot last night on the power play for, against the Islanders, and it was a bomb. Sorokin never saw it, and it's another perfect example that the points are being left open. You know, and and the way these teams are trying to play mimic Vegas is collapse everything to the net, and there's open point shots for a lot of these uh, defensemen, especially on the power play, and a lot of them are taking advantage of it. All right, final game, Boston Bruins, Los Angeles Kings. We've got even money both sides, a minus 110, six the total, shaded to the under uh, here in this game. Is it okay for me to say that even though Boston's 3-0, and I'm not impressed? Yeah. That's the way I kind of feel about Boston right now. Uh, and when you look at this schedule, uh, and we're going to talk strength of schedule for sure here in this game. Chicago, Nashville, San Jose. That's not a great schedule. Uh, your first three opponents, not at all. I mean, that was the best team you played, Nashville. Uh, and you only beat them 3-2 at home, and you got outshot 36-30 if you're the Bruins in that game. You beat Chicago 3-1. Chicago was on a back-to-back, -to -back too. It's another thing. They beat Chicago, and Chicago was on a back-to-back. -back, so it was right at the beginning of the season. And, and then the San Jose game, I mean, it was – I know they had the two quick goals, but they really had nothing going before that uh, against San Jose. Uh, the quick two quick goals at the end of the first period, and then pretty much sat on the lead, didn't really extend it. And, you know, San Jose made a good push, and they got it close to making a 3-2 a couple of times uh, in that game. So very, very uh, disappointing, you know, or it's been underwhelmed. Not disappointing. You're not going to apologize for winning, and they have won three uh, in a row to start the year. But I just don't think they've looked overly impressive um, this uh, Boston Bruins team in their three victories uh, so far this season. Now, 
LA is coming back off a two-game road trip where they were victorious in both games. They beat Winnipeg and Minnesota. Very impressive performances from the Kings after two tough home losses uh, to begin the season uh, against uh, the, uh, the Hurricanes and Avalanche. And again, no shame in losing those games. Uh, those are obviously very good teams at home. Tough start with that home schedule being that tough. And they are coming home off a road trip. That's never usually a, a, a good bet on spot. But it's still early in the season. It was only a two-gamer. You know, it's not like they've been on the road for a week or two weeks um, so far, this LA Kings team. And you can't dispute the two teams as far as schedule goes going into this game. I mean, if, you, if you're if uh, you LA, you've played Colorado, you've played Carolina, yeah, you've played Minnesota's at least a playoff team. They're not a great team, Minnesota, but at least they've been a playoff team the last few years. And Winnipeg's the one team that's a little weaker on their schedule. You know, L.A. has been really playing uh, a good, tough schedule. Boston's feasted on the week so far this year, and even in some of these games, they haven't been overly impressive. Now, I don't love the spot for L.A. off the road trip, but I am going to grab a small bet on the Kings here, minus 110. Uh, and I know they're 0-2 at home, uh, lost their two previous home games against the Canes and the Avs. That's pretty damn good competition. Um, I'm going to rock with them here in this game against the, uh, now the Bruins have done well in LA. That's another reason why I'm keeping this a smaller bet. Bruins have won five straight here in LA, but I don't know if this Bruins team is nearly as good. The more I watch, the more I'm thinking there aren't nearly as good. Uh, and uh, like I say, I just find that in, at this price, even money with LA at home, they played the tougher schedule. They've gotten their ship right at, at least a little bit with the last two wins. I'm going to take a shot here. Not the greatest spot for LA. Boston's played well in this building, but I'm going to take him anyway. LA Kings minus 110. Alex Bruins, Kings. I'm hoping I can wind down my evening. I got a little bit of nice weed, a nice drink, some snacks. Bet this first period over one and a half, minus $1.20. We should see some goals here early. Like I said, LA coming back home uh, off of a road trip and, and a successful end of the road trip to that big win. Sometimes you kind of catch the team off guard, except Boston hasn't played well. And I think they really realized it in, in the later part of that game against the Sharks. You know, yes, they got the two goals early in the first, but, you know, they, they coasted through the rest of that game. And I think they need to show some more urgency. And, and they've played well against L.A. historically, as you mentioned, won five in a row. But five of the last nine meetings have gone past regulation between these two teams. So I'm hoping this will be a, a long one this evening to, to wrap up the night. I'm going uh, regulation draw plus 325 along with that first period over one and a half at minus $1.20. that first period over and the draw all right draw draw, well draw and first period over yeah all right there you go first period over and the draw for alex with uh bruins and kings couple props here uh in uh, this one with the kings and the uh bruins i mean pierre luc dubois feeling it right now uh, that revenge spot against his old team the winnipeg jets got him going because he's now scored three goals in the last two games i wouldn't argue with dubois props goal and assist at all uh, playing really well the last couple games for the uh, LA Kings. Uh, no question about that. Trevor Moore, uh, someone mentioned him in the chat. He's been excellent. Four goals in the last uh, three games, five points in the last three games. Go with the goal and assist prop for uh, Trevor Moore right now. He is definitely uh, in a good groove for the uh, LA Kings. Even though I like LA a little bit in this game, you still got to look at a couple uh, Bruins props, Marshawn and Pasternak in particular, but especially our guy, as Don Cherry would say, James Van Beesbrook. Yeah, I'm talking about James Van Riemsdyk for the uh, Boston. He's been great. I mean, three goals for him this season in the last two games against Nashville and San Jose. 
Um, he's uh, doing his thing. You know, he's going to the front of the net, going to his office, which is where he scores a lot of his goals. And uh, he's been uh, a big, big part of the catalyst offensively for the Bruins uh, so far this season. So, uh, yeah, JVR, you know, continues to be, you know, someone undervalued and off to a really good start with his new team. Uh, you can find him to score a goal plus 295 tonight in some spots. So uh, a really good price there on uh, JVR uh, to uh, find the back of the net in this game. Uh, all right, there you go. That is the Saturday card. And look, we kept it not only under two hours, but with a few minutes to spare uh, as well. So not bad for 15 games, but a shout out to everyone in the chat. Two hours of wall-to-wall Saturday NHL betting analysis, every game on the board, sides, totals, player props. We covered it all. Uh, 206 live viewers. Hit the like button. Make sure you do that if you haven't done so already. And again, Ice Guys Family Plan, $9.99 US per month. Uh, get on board. Our daily betting card, sides and totals, and the player props posted there. All the live looks and live wagers and the live betting strategy from Alex B. Smith posted there uh, every day as well. Uh, we've got lots more bonus videos and content. We've got our we've got some Q&A ideas coming. We've got topical uh, video content uh, coming your way for the Ice Guys Family Plan YouTube channel subscribers. So, so much bonus uh, content from the Ice Guys for our Family Plan subscribers. Again, just click the join button, $9.99 US per month. Check it out. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, we got uh, some really cool things coming our way and uh, something I'll be working on. I just just mentioned it to Ian this morning. So we got a lot of stuff. This is definitely the time to sign up. And especially this weekend, because here we are, we're getting ready. Like I said, we got the Q&A. Those are already up. Those That's been up since yesterday. If you want to leave a question for me or Ian or both of us, if it's hockey related, gambling related, uh, leave that there. If you're a family plan member, there's a prompt. Uh, I'll make sure to kind of maybe reboost it tomorrow so it won't get lost in the shuffle of all the different other things that are posted. Uh, but yeah, but we'll have, you know, questions. We'll be you know, taking questions from you guys. Uh, the deadline for that would be Monday uh, before we go on air. What I'm guessing what, what maybe nine o'clock Eastern uh, in, the, in the morning. So eight central. So get it in before uh, early in the morning. And then by the time we're on the air at three Eastern, we'll read through them. We'll answer those questions. Anything we can't answer in that episode, we will do another Q and a segment down the road for family plan members exclusively. So that's one reason. The other reason is too, we do the podcast uh, and the betcast on Tuesday, rather the live betcast for the big, the big marathon of games. Those who are family plan members will have first priority in line to join onto the betcast. So it might get crowded, which it often did last year. I think we only had 12 people tops maybe. So, so room will be limited. So if you're a family plan member, you get bumped ahead in line. It's like the old VIP treatment in the club. We open up the velvet rope. You get to come in first. So I uh, definitely want to sign up to the family plan. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so make sure you get on board with that. All right. Yes, I see it. It's everyone's favorite segment, bargain bin special of the night. Uh, and by the way, JVR uh, regarding him. Yeah, he is still on the number one power play. Yes, JT is on the third line now, but he is still on the number one power play. So I still like the prop for him. Bargain bin special of the night. You know, it's funny. If the Ottawa game was later, I would have been tempted to use Sanderson again. And sure enough, he's already cashed for us in the first period. It's down to Dursey and Oliver Ekman Larson for my bargain bin special of the night. I like both. I think they are really live, both of them to score. Uh, Ekman Larson scored against Toronto, facing his form. I'm going to go Ekman Larson here. Uh, go really for the gusto here. Plus 800 at FanDuel. Oliver Ekman Larson to score a goal against his former team, the Vancouver Canucks. 
He did score against Florida. He's been shooting the puck more, a product of this, these power plays now that when you, you shoot the puck more when you have the puck at the blue line because the points are left open more than ever with a lot of these teams. And I think Ekman Larson, the angle makes sense. He wants to uh, do damage tonight against the Vancouver Canucks, the team that uh, bought him out uh, and passed on him. So uh, there you go. Let's go with uh, Oliver Lawson Tossum, as Don Cherry would say. Oliver Ekman Larson, plus 800 at FanDuel to score for my bargain bin special of the night. Honorable mention to Sean Dursey, though, for Arizona. I think his prop is a really good one, too, for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Uh, he's uh, been a power power play dynamo for them, and he's plus five or 650 at uh, FanDuel, uh, Sean Dursey, to find the back of the net. But the bargain bin special of the night for me is Oliver Ekman Larson, uh, Florida Panthers, uh, plus 800 at FanDuel. Yes, I got a bargain bin play, and it's funny. I don't even think you mentioned him when we even talked about this game, but uh, Columbus and Minnesota, you mentioned about Sammy Walker being bumped down to the fourth line, but the corresponding move with that is Pat Maroon getting moved up to the second line, uh, being played there on the wing, and I'm looking at his numbers. You can grab him to get a goal. Now, he doesn't score too often, but I think this is a great boost for him, plus 700. Another price I was able to get for him to score a goal tonight, and you know he's one of those guys, you know, big body, kind of getting away find the puck in his stick and, and bury it. Uh, I think this is a good spot for him. Like I said, the offense needs to get generated. That's, that's at least what Everson said to the media, and I'm sure he's saying it to his group as well. Maroon's a veteran guy who can step up and deliver a, a goal in a clutch moment. I think he does that tonight. So I'm going to go Pat, Pat Maroon plus 700. It's my bargain been special tonight. All right, there you go. Patrick Maroon uh, for the uh, bargain bin special tonight for the uh, Minnesota Wild. Uh, and uh, again, that's a, a pretty good price uh, for uh, the big rig, uh, as he is called, Patrick Maroon. Uh, and you can find him tonight, plus 750 at Caesars, plus 550 at MGM, DraftKings, and FanDuel. But that 750 is the best you can find right now uh, at Caesars for uh, Patrick Maroon uh, to find the uh, back of the net. Great question, though, from uh, Lawrence here, as far as it's, it's worth answering here. Um, the player props for me are all equal amounts. Even the long shots, like the big prices, like Dursey and Ekman Larson and Sanderson, guys like they're the same amounts because I want the payout. I want the payoff if those hit. But we're talking percentage of bankroll, 1% at most. And a lot of times it's 0.5% of the overall bankroll for me. Very, very small. And that's what it needs to be because they can be volatile as far as the results go. Uh, and you need to have a pretty, pretty thick big bankroll to handle the volume of player props that I have. Uh, and even then with the bigger bankroll, we're talking 0.5% to 1% per bet. That's it. That is it. And you got to keep it that way. But if you hit some of those big plus prices, you know, you do, you'll, you'll notice it. Trust me. Uh, and the good news is we've had our fair share of those here uh, so far. And yes, I do bet them all. Indeed. I was yeah. say I have I have a question. Do you, how long does it take for you to bet all your player props? Because I know it takes me forever to just put in the plays I have now with with just a few player props. But you have player prop cards that are three times the size of probably most people's entire cards in a bunch of sports. How long does it, does it take you on average? To it do takes that? a while. But the thing is, yeah. I put the list together early, and I'm you know middle of the night. I'm betting this stuff, uh, yeah. and uh, and so I don't have to do as much during the day. It's just you know you got to just put in the time and uh, that's why I don't sleep very much at night. You know, I'll sleep when I'm right. dead. You know, I, right. I subscribe to that theory. 
Uh, and a lot of times I'm, you know, putting in bets and finalizing the card at 3, 4 a.m., you know, yep. overnight, you know, and that's the way it is, especially at this time of year when everything's going on. So uh, there we go. Uh, I get that. Most of my overnight plays are literally overnight, too. So, yeah, that, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. But you're right. It is time consuming. It's time consuming just to write up everything that I'm betting and then to actually place the bets. You're right. It's a lot of time spent. Uh, trust me. So, yeah, uh, it's, it's it gets uh, it wears you down after a while. You do it every day. But, hey, we do it for the people and, and I do yeah. it for myself as far as placing the bets, because I, I do think the player props market is a market that you can capitalize on. Definitely. If you do the work and we have proven that so far. All right. Best bets to wrap up this marathon Saturday show. Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? Let's go down the street here in St. Paul, Columbus and Minnesota. We're going to go with that regulation draw anywhere between plus 370 and plus 390. You should be able to find that 19 of the last 31 meetings between these two teams have gone past overtime and regulation, including three of the last five at XL Energy Center and three of the last four overall. So uh, expect the close one to go past 60 with CBJ in the wild. Regulation draw plus 390. That's my best bet for the Saturday. All right, there you go. Columbus, Minnesota, draw. And I got it as upwards of pl over plus 400. So uh, make sure you shop, it or shop around for it. Jackets wild draw uh, for uh, Alex B. Smith with his best bet. And my best bet, uh, I am going to go to the – I'm going to go to Winnipeg, Edmonton, yeah, Hellebuck off a loss does concern me, but I, I, I'd be more concerned about Winnipeg facing this Edmonton team off the stink bomb they laid against Philadelphia. The defense hasn't been great, even in front of Hellebuck and Brossois so far, and Edmonton could make them pay for it big time. I mean, you just saw Winnipeg give up five goals at home to Vegas and L.A. Uh, in a pair of losses. Edmonton gets to four tonight. They come out firing. Edmonton Oilers, team total, uh, over three and a half, minus 130. Uh, that is going to be my best bet here for this Saturday uh, NHL card. All right, that'll wrap up this edition of the Ice Guys. Thanks to everyone in the chat for joining us. Hit the like button uh, on the way out. Great point, John Massey. I do need someone to write this shit up for me. I, uh, I'm getting tired of doing it myself every day, but um, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, we, uh, we need interns. <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, that's the one thing. Uh, we need interns. Uh, we're going to have to look into that for sure. But the Ice Guys is live seven days a week. Now, note the programming this week. We have our noon show tomorrow on Sunday, as usual, noon Eastern. Monday at 3 p.m. Eastern, which we're doing the Monday shows at 3 p.m. Eastern after my college football show for the first couple months. Tuesday, the show is our weekend start time, noon Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, because we're doing the BetCast, 6 p.m. Eastern, Tuesday night. Uh, so we're starting the show earlier, so we get through all the games. And then Wednesday to Friday, we're back to our normal weekday time. Uh, at uh, 2 p.m. Eastern. And again, the BetCast, 6 p.m. Eastern, all 32 teams, 16 games. Yeah. Make sure you join us for the BetCast. DM either me or Alex to uh, ask for the link and request a spot on the BetCast, and we will make sure you have one uh, for Tuesday night, 6 p.m. Eastern, with priority access, of course, to our family plan uh, members uh, and subscribers for that BetCast on Tuesday night, which we are definitely uh, looking forward to and excited about. All right, the Ice Guys, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed the show. Again, hit the like button on the way out. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week. And if you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Saturday. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will see you again tomorrow on Sunday for another edition of the Ice Guys. Mm -hmm.